Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a post time with Mike and Mike. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. The final edition of the Molson Pace in 2017 went to a bit of a legend who fed it off all challengers late in the stretch and won decisively for trainer Pete Tritton. This year, the race has a new name, a new feel, but the same great atmosphere as hundreds of hardest racing loyal fans have come to the raceway at Western Fair District to see the historic Camelot Classic named in honor of one of Canada's greatest stallions. It is a loaded field of top veteran pacers, but one descendant of Cam Luck is trying to make his name known. Killer Martini, the gelding son of Cam Luck, will try to rebound in a race named for his father after a couple of tough efforts at Yonkers Raceway. If Killer Martini could pull off the upset tonight, the Winter Circle celebration will be one we won't soon forget. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, is proud to present the 2018 Cam Luck Classic, live from the raceway at Western Fair District. Our broadcast starts... Right now, right now. Win it right here. Eighth of a mile left to go. Sunfire Blue Chip. Could this be the one for Mark? Outside, even at a pleasure. All bets off in McWiggan. Sunfire Blue Chip for the upset. Even a pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson Pace Shocker. 153 track record. Quarters hit me. 123 and 3. They're all still in it into the final turn. Bit of a legend still there. Evening a pleasure at 13 to 1. Getting a dream journey. Sunfire. Blue chip shaking late. Yeah, show yeah, me. You got him. You gotcha. Bit of a legend still there. Evening a pleasure in Sunfire. Blue chip. Bit of a legend. Live coverage of the 2018 Camelot Classic from the Raceway at Western Fair District is brought to you by Bet America. Make your deposit today at BetAmerica.com. New vocations. Make your next horse the next racehorse. Hoosier Park. Revolutionizing harness racing. The Meadowlands. Home of Harness Racing's Championship Meets. Diamond Creek Farms. Check out the open house coming up on June 2nd. For more information, DiamondCreekFarms.com. 
the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono, home of the 2018 Breeders' Crown. United States Trotting Association, visit the Fan Zone today. Pacing for the Cure, visit pacingforthecure.org for more information. The Raceway at Western Fair District, home of the Camelot Classic. And Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Now let's send a trackside to Mike Carter, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Otten. Garnett, Barnsdale, and I, uh, I forgot to turn the mute button off again. I did it in the Facebook Live. <laughs> Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, is proud to present the 2018 Cam Luck Classic, live from the Raceway at Western Fair District. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, joined by Garnett, Barnsdale, and Jess Scott. We'll get to those folks here in just a minute. They're going off for the seventh race. We're not ignoring the seventh race, uh, but... Uh, you know, they, they literally just went off, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see uh, what happens uh, during this race. We'll kind of talk about it after. But we're going to introduce a couple members of our broadcast team. To my right is my uh, one of my good friends. He's going to be a, a groomsman in my wedding, and uh, he's a good dude uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Garnett, Garnett Barnsdale. Garnett, man, what a night of racing, and what a difference 365 days can make. We were freezing our butts off last year at this time. And now we're sitting here, and it's uh, we could wear shorts if we wanted to. There's a lot of people wearing shorts here tonight. There's no, it's very, it's not really muggy or uncomfortable. It's just beautifully warm, no wind, a lot of really quick miles here so far tonight. And uh, we got a horse named Drunk on the plane on the front end at four to five here in race seven. This was a horse you touted earlier, so uh, you know, on top at 27 seconds. We're going to bring in the third member of our broadcast team, and folks. Let me tell you something, Gar- and Garnett, I think you're going to agree with me here. We just saw a 54 and three half, by the way, 27 and three in the second panel. Wow. Garnett, since Jessica has joined our broadcast team, what an amazing job she has done. She does a great job. She's a fantastic horsewoman, and uh, I'll tell you what, she does a uh, great job for us. She brings a lot of knowledge to the table, no doubt, and um, the uh, the crew becomes much better looking when Jessica's around as well, so that doesn't hurt. <laughs> Jessica Otten is the third member of our broadcast team. Jessica likes Easy Lover Hanover in the Molson Pace, or excuse me, I'm going to say that about a hundred times, in the Kimla Classic here this evening. Jessica, talk to us about uh, what you've seen so far and uh, about the night you've had. Jessica, you forgot to unmute yourself. Actually, you know what? I think we forgot to unmute you. Hold on. <laughs> Let's try that again. Yeah, Go now ahead. I'm unmuted. You had to do that on your end, not mine. Can you hear me now? Okay. Um, so far tonight, I've seen a lot of slow halves other than this race right here. And, wow, that was a very exciting finish. Um, anyways, it's a beautiful night for racing. They're going really decent miles. Um, that was a mile and a 16th race, I believe. Um, other than that, I'm really excited to see the Camelot Classic. 
All right, Jessica, we'll be looking forward to your winner's circle and paddock interviews coming up later on this evening. All right, guys. Well, Jess Scott will be providing the paddock and winter circle reaction. We're going to have Greg Gangle here in just a few minutes. But, Garnett, let's talk about what just happened here. Trevor Henry, Sugar and I talked about it. He is the master at this racetrack, uh, scoring at 2-1 to one odds and uh, closing strongly on the outside. Trevor's the king of Western Fair. There's no doubt about it. He dominated this track and every B track in Ontario for years and years and years before he finally figured out that it was easier to make money four nights a week uh, racing at the major <laughs> circuit than doing it six nights a week here. But he's already got three wins. Um, there's no doubt uh, Trevor's the king of this joint. And don't count him out from the rail in the big race. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Race number seven just finishing up. Eight, seven, three, four. Results are unofficial. Let's bring in uh, my partner. Uh, he, he's got a little bit of a... Uh, you know, he's not in Canada, so he's not sucking the Canadian air like we are, Garnett. Uh, but our man, Mike Bozich, back at the Mike and Mike Studios. Mike, uh, how's everything on your end? Not too shabby. The uh, the 8 did win that race, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the 8 won. Okay, yeah. well, it, it kind of looked that that's the the uh, margin of victory that it looked like the horse in the last race had, and he lost <laughs> from the outside. So, but uh, nonetheless, no, it's fantastic to be with you guys, and uh, obviously, I'm prepping up for uh, a big day tomorrow. All right, Mike. Well, we'll bring you back here momentarily. We're going to talk about that big day tomorrow. I actually have the program pages, so Garnett and I can take a look at it. This is the Larry and Patricia 36 wedding anniversary uh, pace here in London. They just went 202 for a mile and a 16th. And Garnett, you follow this circuit kind of like we do. Yep. And, and, you know, 27, 54, and 3, those are nightmare fractions at a mile and a 16th. They are. And, you know, I, I, give, uh, I give the horse, drunk on a plane, a lot of credit because he held the lead until just the final strides. If it was a mile race, he would have won. Um, but uh, maybe maybe not such a great drive uh, cutting a 27 and 3 second quarter. And, uh, you know, he was being asked to go to the front but um, he showed a lot of heart. But Trevor Henry was just licking his chops. He just rolled by on the outside in the last uh, few strides, didn't even lift the line. You know, Mr. Calm, cool, collected, and <laughs> Mr. Victorious, as it turned out. All right, we're going to turn the page. Is this race just what official? Race number eight is the next race here in London. It's the City of London, Philly and Mayor uh, final, uh, going for a purse of 28200 Talk to us, uh, Garnett, uh, real quick before we dive into this race about what the City of London exactly is and, uh, you know, maybe kind of explain it to our listeners. Well, that's just, you know, it's not as big as Toronto, but it's definitely uh, been booming the last little while. Um, this track is a big, big part of it, right in the middle of it, center, the center of the Western Fair District. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be here, this track especially. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to talk to uh, talk to our first guest. Uh, come on over here, Joe. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Bongiorno. Joe, first off, you had to come all the way from Yonkers. It took you a little while. Uh, listen, I don't know about you, but driving on the 401, I can't drive like the Canadians do over here. Over here. Can you? I definitely drive a little bit more aggressive, that's for sure. All right. One drive on the program here this evening. You drive for your sister, Jen Bongiorno. And you get post number six with Evening a Pleasure. Now, take us back two starts back to the George Morton League. Let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Obviously, a little bit of a disappointing effort after a few uh, weeks in the um, Levy legs. Talk to us about that race and kind of what happened to him that night. You know what? It wasn't really a disappointing effort. It was, uh, you know, more of a, I wouldn't say a mental mistake on my part. I kind of raced the horse a little cautious, which I shouldn't have done going for that kind of money. Um, 
you know, I sat in on the rail. I really put myself in an impossible spot, but I didn't think he was sharp enough to be first over that long of a way that night. I would have had to pull him at the three eight. He would have been out for five eighths of a mile with no cover. And I just, uh, I didn't pull him. I made my decision at that point and I regretted it after the fact. And, uh, the last two starts since then, he's been absolutely uh, unreal. Now, Joe, talk to us now about even the pleasure coming in tonight. First off, have you ever driven here before? Uh, no, this is the first time being here, actually. Okay, so you've been here for a few races. I kind of saw you walking around a little bit. What's your take on kind of the strategy that some of these guys have? The first couple of races were speedy horses. Now, the last couple of races, we've seen the back markers kind of flying towards the end. You know what? I just think it's the uh, the way the races are uh, falling apart. You know, certain races, uh, the fractions, they've been going a little bit up front and uh, they've been closing into them. And the races that the fractions were rated right on the front end, the front end and the horses up close were, you know, finishing top three. So I just think it's going to be the way the race uh, plays a part. Now, two years ago, when Even in a Pleasure won this race, he kind of tripped out. And uh, one thing about it is uh, about Even in a Pleasure now is the fact that he doesn't need the trip. He can kind of come from behind. He can kind of show speed. His last two starts, though, are both from post six and post seven, both from the outside at Yonkers Raceway. Are you concerned at all by the post draw here this evening? Not at all, really. I, I think the horse is uh, as sharp as a horse can be coming into this race. I was actually just in the paddock and uh, went to go see him. He's acting uh, exactly how he acted the last two at Yonkers, and I was just worried with the ship, and uh, obviously he handled that well, and he, you know the horse seems unbelievable. Now, obviously, this is a uh, tough question to ask, so feel free to tell me to, like, you know, jump off a bridge or something. But what would be the perfect pace scenario or trip scenario for you? If you could kind of map it out and determine what your best scenario would be for Evening of Pleasure, what would it be for you tonight? You know what? It's really hard to say. I mean, the horse can do it any which way. He's done it on the front. He loops the car if you want him to. Uh, he's done it from behind. Um, I personally think he's a tick better with the trip, but I think as sharp as this horse is and as loaded as he's finished the last two, I don't think it'll matter. If he ends up on the front, he ends up on the front. All right, Joe Bongiorno, the driver of Evening of Pleasure, coming up in the Camelot Classic here this evening. We're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, Gardette Barnsdale and I self will go over the eighth race. There is no post time currently listed, still showing an official result here. Looks like a little bit of a tote delay. We'll be back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Presented by Bet America. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you... There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. 
feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others and be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Otten. And joining us now at our uh, broadcast location is Jason Portundo. Listen, you can't get other than your view, which listen, your view is your view is pretty good. You can't get much better than ours, that's for sure. Exactly. Like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think we're being a little too gracious as hosts here because <laughs> your spot's a lot better than mine. They say when Mike and Mike is around, well, then you know what happens. You become, you know, second-tier material. <laughs> I can't even get a spot on the gate, for heaven's sake. Now, Jason, uh, listen, you had the night off from, uh, from, from uh, Mo- Woodby Mohawk Park. Right. Obviously, you come to the half. Is this your first time here or no? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, once or twice. He drives here, <laughs> normal. He drives here on his off nights. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, listen, I didn't know that. <laughs> of course, Garnett's sitting over here, too. He's co-hosting, the, co-hosting with us. All right, Jason. Well, listen, you've seen the yeah. first few races. Talk to us a little bit about what you think is, uh, you know, how this, how the Camelot Classic will kind of shape up. We saw speed in the first couple of races. Now we're seeing closers. Uh, not really a track bias. I mean, it's hot. You know, it's hot. So, I mean, they're going to be going fast. Uh, obviously, some quick times. Uh, what do you think here? Who's Trevor Henry got? That's what I want to press. That's, that's that's a, he's got the hot hands, right? He's got so, sunfire blue. Yeah. So, well, that horse has been kind of tough. Uh, I'm not going to go with that one. I mean, Rock and Ron is obviously a solid pick. You know what? I'm going to try Easy Liver Hanover. I mean, I tried to beat him in his last start with Ellis Park, and Ellis Park just simply wasn't himself that night. And McWicked was large off the qualifier for Casey Coleman. Easy Liver Hanover is not known as a half-miler. He's tried it just a couple of times over at Flamborough. Both times it wasn't pretty. So I'm just trying to buck the trend. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he had to lose one eventually. So I hope he got that loss out of the way. (laughs) He had nine in a row at the preferred level. Get that loss out of the way. Maybe start up a new uh, a win streak here. But it's a solid race, even a pleasure. Of course, won this race before. Dr. J. Hanover, the fastest thing on four legs in this country. Been a legend, the defending champion. But I'm going to just try Easy Lover. All right, let's talk a little bit about Eden and a Pleasure. Uh, we just talked to Joe Bongiorno. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's his first you know, It's the first time he's here. What, how, how do you think kind of experience goes into driving at a track like this? If you're coming in for one drive, uh, obviously he's not driving anything else. What do you think experience-wise comes into uh, driving at some of these tracks? Uh, I don't really read into that too much. I mean, you might have a minor edge if you've been over this oval a few times, like a Trevor Henry. But, you know, you know, Joe's a professional. I'm sure that he's been watching the races, and it's not a big deal. More importantly, the horse gets over the half well, which is uh, the key factor. And, of course, he has talked about won this race a couple of years ago. Uh, he's in play. You know, it would be really cool to have a brother-sister win this race. I, I'd be shocked if it's ever happened before. In fact, I think the only female trainer to win would have been Casey, right? So, but we'll see. I mean, that's the beauty of this sport, right? Whenever females and males line up together, 
in golf or whatever other sport you want to compare it to. It's a big deal, but that's the beauty of our game, our sport. Equine athletes, human athletes, we see men versus women all the time. So, yeah, you know what? He comes in off back-to-back wins. He's obviously proven over a half. He's just another solid option, what I think is a deep betting field. Now, one more question before I let you go. Killer Martini is the only horse in the field that's named after his father. Killer Martini gets post number three. Uh, Scott Coulter gets his shot at a big race here. Uh, you know, in a little bit of a tough spot, but removes Lasix tonight. Uh, what kind of chance to give him? I don't know. I mean, it'd be a feel-good story, obviously, with the sire being Cam Luck, and he sired a few winners of this race already. Scotty Coulter, a local guy, really nice guy as well. Uh, my heart is with him, but my head is saying no. It's obviously a tough spot for this guy. I don't think he's going to make a dent, but who knows? It's, it's a horse race. Obviously, anything is possible, but it would be a feel-good story. I just don't think it's going to happen. All right, Jason Pertundo from Woodbine Mohawk Park. Woodbine, listen, good luck to you guys later on. You're Mark McKelvey. What time do you guys come on? Tell us where we can find you. Facebook Live is uh, the hot thing, right? I mean, even our baseball team here in Canada, we, <laughs> we only have one, unlike, you know, uh, some other, you know, Wait, side, of the, uh, yeah, yeah, side of the yeah, uh, world there. You guys got all the teams. But, yeah, you know what? Uh, Facebook Live, 1030 to 1130. That's obviously Eastern time. So I know you got listeners from all over. But uh, stay up a little bit later, depending on where you're watching or listening from, I should say. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. The race will go off at 1115, I'm told. It will not be delayed. It's on Sky Sports, so it's going all over the place, including Dunn Under. So we're going to stay to the post time. All right, Jason. Well, appreciate it, my friend, and good Thank luck you. tonight, okay? All right, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. All right, Jason Pertundo from Woodbine Mohawk Park. And, Garnett, you've had a chance to work with uh, our friend Jason a little bit. And, uh, you know, he, he brought up a couple of good points uh, while talking about the uh, Camelot Classic. Absolutely. You know, I, I actually picked the Easy Lover Hanover as my top pick. He had excuses last week. He'd missed a week. Um, he he uh, did not have his regular driver. And that race maybe is not as bad as it looks, considering he paced home in 27 flat. I think McWicked was just that sharp that he wore him down in the stretch, maybe broke his heart a little. But I think if he, he can bounce back here. My only question is, leaving from the middle of the gate, what kind of a trip is he going to get? Because it looks like horses inside of him and outside of him want to leave. So that's the only thing that really worries me. I think, you know what, I think the key to this Camelot race is you've you got to play a price. There's, I think there's four or five horses that can win it. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be taking seven or eight to five in a race like that. All right, let's dive into race number eight. Uh, nothing special, uh, pick three, pick four wise here. Our high five uh, win play show exact to trifecta, superfecta, and uh, let's kind of take a look at it. A big, pretty big driver change here on the seven book. The bet it goes to Alfie Carroll. Uh, Anthony McDonald uh, does not have the drive on seven book the bet. Book the bet was a horse I liked three starts back. Unfortunately for me, uh, Garnetti was uh, two dollars and ninety cents to one. Uh, the one night we needed him at Flamboy. <laughs> We needed him at Flamboro. Neither one of us had him. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what you think here. I think that the uh, seven could hit the ticket. Book the bets, actually. Uh, she's uh, the sentimental choice because my son actually owns a very small share of her that oh. was uh, given to her by my good friend Adriano Sorella, who won the share at the Stables Open House. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know what? Uh, I heard Anthony, Anthony sick tonight, but uh, getting Alfie Carroll certainly won't hurt. This, this filly can really fly off the gate. Maybe if Alfie can... Uh, can, you know, step around them quickly and let one go. He might have a shot. All right. For those who have never listened to one of our live remote broadcasts, we kind of do this like the Kentucky Derby style on NBC. We'll kind of talk about each horse. 
and go through the field as they pop up on our TV screen. It is a field of eight going one mile, a purse of $28,200. The City of London, Philly and Mayor Pace final. And I'll tell you, Garnett, this is not, uh, you know, this is not a layover field, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of dive into that. Very competitive. Here in just a second. The Outriders stepping onto the racetrack here. And for those who don't know, they go seven across. The eight starts with the second tier. And uh, the paddock, Garnett, is across the street. And it's so, across the street, and you got to go through a tunnel to get to and from. All right. Here is the field as they step onto the racetrack. One is Sweet to yours. One his, excuse me, one her City of London uh, last week at 156 and three as one win and three starts gets James McDonald in the sulky. The two horse Cam Passion is 0 for six this year, but goes for a very sharp stable. Was a very good second last week in the elimination and picks up Jordan Stratton, which won't hurt. Number three, Together We Run, trained by uh, Kyle Bossens, was third in the City of London elimination in 159-1. and one. Came home a little slow, but has been the most consistent horse in the field. Has hit the board in all ten starts this year. That's right. The 4-3 accounts has two wins and four starts. Was a narrow loser last week. Gets the very hot Trevor Henry for trainer Robert Donfellos, who also trains the two. Three accounts is currently nine to one on the board. Five is Macarita, was fourth in the city of London, race last week at Flamborough, only missed a lane, finishing third for trainer Walter Whalen. You don't need to ignore Mike Whalen. Mike Whalen has been known to hit tickets before. Absolutely. The six, one chilly night, currently 13 to one on the board, was a winner last week in one of the eliminations after breaking and finishing 30 lengths behind. One chilly night's trained by Chad Miller, Milner, driven by Scott Coulter. And a 13-to-1 might be worth a stab here. Number seven is Book the Bet. Uh, driver change here to Alfie Carroll. This will be the uh, first time that Alfie Carroll will drive seven Book the Bet. And, you know, we'll kind of talk about what that can do to a horse here in just a couple minutes. And the eight-horse shadow of her smile is trained by Greg McNair, driven by his son Doug, who just won his 3,000th race last night. Uh, she's got one start this year. Wasn't a bad race in the City of London elimination. Another horse with a price that might have a shot here. All right, that is the field for the upcoming eighth race. The board shows one minute to post. We are going to take a very quick 30-second or so timeout. We're going to kind of regroup. When we come back, we'll dive into this race. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Otten. We're going to talk real quick to Mike Bozich. Mike, uh, race number eight coming up, the City of London, Phillies and Mayors, pays final. Alfie Carroll drives the seven. It's an interesting race. How did you see things from your end? 
Well, it's a very competitive race. This is one of these things, guys, where you can see a lot of different horses go out for the lead. It could once again set up for number six, one chilly night, who basically came from the same spot that she will probably have to come from here again tonight. She was seventh at the half. She was sixth at three quarters, and she swept on by using the last quarter of 28 and four. She's going to have to do the same thing again. She's going to need the pace scenario to develop for her. But if she can, I think uh, she's got a good shot here right now. I think the, the price is right. And uh, let's give her a shot, guys. That's my uh, that's my uh, pick here. Well, Mike, it's interesting you say that uh, currently on one chilly night, fifteen to one. Garnett or now sixteen to one. Are you surprised about the price on one chilly night? You know, when I look a little bit closer, I'm really not because that uh, elimination was much much slower than the other one. You see how you see how booked the bet cut a one twenty seven and three uh, three quarters under pressure. Uh, this horse, um, you know, they they went to the three quarters of one twenty nine and felt and the race fell apart. So maybe those horses just aren't that good. I think, uh, to me, it comes down to the one, two, and seven, and um, you know how how much can you like the seven hole? But uh, sentimentally, I like her. But I, I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to come down to probably the one and two. But they're 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 bet heavily. So what are you going to do with that? Garnett, this is a question that I have for you as far as handicapping goes, and I know that maybe in some of the older horses that times really, at least in my opinion, don't mean a whole heck of a lot, but now we're dealing with younger horses, three-year-old Philly Pacers to be exact. As a handicapper, do you put more emphasis on time when you're dealing with young horses as opposed to older? I, um, I I like to look more so, not necessarily at the final time, but maybe the fractions or even the interior fractions. And that's kind of what I'm looking at in this race is that, you know, the uh, the other elimination went uh, basically like eight seconds or eight lengths faster to the three quarters. So I'm just wondering if uh, you're, you're talking about a pace scenario, but if this race is going 127 and three to the three quarters, this one chilly night might be 15 lengths behind. I don't know for sure. So that, those are kind of the things I like to weigh, but on the other hand, you're getting 16 to one, right? So we're not we're not telling, we're not saying we want to bet a two to one <laughs> shot and, and hope that that doesn't materialize. So it's still some could be some value there. Guys, where I think the value currently is is on the seven book the bet. Now, granted, Alfie's on the outside, uh, two starts back at Slamborough. Didn't really like the outside post Garnett, but was in one of the faster eliminations, like you said. And you know, I think this race is going to probably go in 56, 57, something along those lines, if not faster, based off the times. You know, finding some value is going to be the key here. Absolutely. I think, um, uh, unfortunately, I think the one's probably going to win this race. She was very <laughs> impressive last week, breaking her maiden. I'm not really sure. I mean, they, I guess uh, she wasn't used much in her first two starts. Maybe those were kind of uh, educational miles, as they call them, because she just looked so good last week. And she looks, look at her here, how good she looks on the track oh, yeah. here. She looks She's awesome. just so full of herself. But. I, you know, I wouldn't recommend a better at less six to five. No, she's no lock. All right, we are less race. than two minutes to post. Uh, obviously, number two, Cam Passions, taking a little bit of money here. Jordan Stratton is driving. I think that might be a little bit of a reason that the two Cam Passions getting a little bit more play. Uh, this is a horse that likes to finish second, Garnett. Didn't really transform the uh, form from two to three. And that's a little bit of a concern for me. Yeah, but you know what? She was in some pretty tough fields uh, at Woodbine. Uh, five and six starts down. Uh, that horse that beat her, uh, these, uh, wish me a song, write me a song. Uh, she came out <laughs> one uh, four in a row, I believe, uh, to start off her three-year-old year. So, you know, uh, this, uh, you see one of these races went in 52 and change. And this this Passion actually closed from seventh to third. So I think people might be looking at that a little bit, too. And that, you know, she's just in a much easier, uh, much easier class here against these Phillies. And uh, maybe she wasn't uh, fully cranked for the for the elimination. 
Final. Real quick, guys, and I hear Sugar that uh, he sent them on the post. But real quick, if Sweet Azure's wins this race and she does so as she did last time, brushing between the half and three quarters, who could we get behind her to round out this exact Garnett? Uh, I think I think uh, you know at a price I think Doug McNair here on the eight horse on the eight Philly I guess might not be a bad stab because she showed uh, in, in her qualifier in her only start I think she showed that she might be a little bit of an improved horse uh, over what she was last year so I might throw her in maybe even book the best I mean if she can if she can beat them off the car and, and clear quickly obviously she she'll probably look to let one or one of them go she might be able to survive and hit the exactor all right we're ready to go for the eighth race we're trying something new Gardet. it's worked out good we've got a line in from shannon sugar doyle so you're going to hear the feed directly from western fair district let's head upstairs to shannon sugar doyle for the live call of tonight eighth race shadow of her smile eight out Starting eight picks up speed. Here they come. And away they go. It's going to be Together We Run and three accounts racing as a team to take them on out of there. Together We Run came through along the inside. Three accounts is racing second. Rail advantage there in third for Sweet Toujour. Up from the trailing spot to be fourth with Shadow of Her Smile. Settled down into fifth was Cam Passion. Next in line six, we've got Macarita, the back markers. One chilly night, booked the bet. Right lining from third. Now into second. Now with the challenge, Sweet Tajour went right on by for James McDonald. Sweet Tajour, a little bit steppy though, on the outside, trying to clear here after a quarter mile of 28 and two. And three to two, second choice, Sweet Tajour is now on top. Together We Run is racing second, moving quickly on the outside, coming with authority. Shadow of Her Smile for McNair, trying to ambush them here with a lap to go. Shadow of Her Smile, a half length in front of Sweet Tajour, an uncovered third for Cam Passion. Together We Run right on the bit there. She's a handful in fourth, angling out. Off stride in the backfield, went to six. One chilly night. Half was up in 57 and 2. 29 flat through that second quarter. Shadow of her smile at 9 to 1, leading by two lengths. Up on the outside in second is Cam Passion. Now locked in the box third. Sweet Tajour trying to come through between horses there in fourth. Macarita and Whalen appears to have a ton here at 25 to 1. Way up on the outside was Together We Run and saving ground along the inside. Three accounts. They get ready to make the swing and it's Shadow of her smile, trying for the upset. Sweet Dejour has come back for second, finding room late. Here comes Macarita. It comes down to these two. Sweet Dejour on the outside against Shadow of her smile. Sweet Dejour for the win. James McDonald on board in the City of London final. Shadow of her smile was the second. Traffic trouble there for Macarita getting third. 156 flat. Sweet Dejour, McDonald for Blaze. I'm dying laughing right now. Please tell me you put that bet in. No, no, I was, I was going to say, I'm a genius when I don't bet. That's, oh. a, that's the first race I skipped tonight. Oh, my goodness. Maybe. One eight called by Garnett Barksdale, and he didn't play it, Mike Bozic. I think he called that the last race in the race before, too, but... I'll tell you what, a great drive by James McDonald. You talk about a no-panic drive when the eight came right after and swept on by. That was a heck of a drive. And uh, once again, this six, 
one chilly night, this is a horse you may want to put on your radar because this horse broke and made up about 15 lengths and was flying late. So another horse that you may want to keep an eye on in your virtual stable. You, you know who Sugar said was really making up ground was the five Macarita. And I pointed him out to you, Garnett, as they were coming around the turn. He really got stacked up around the turn. I think Macarita definitely could be a play next week. Yeah, it could be. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to reset after uh, not making a bet there. <laughs> I probably, probably get a good out for the night if I drop ten bucks on that. That's probably going to pay thirty, forty bucks. Oh, for second. sure. One eight five six unofficial. One fifty six. The final time. We're going to take a, about a thirty second timeout. We'll regroup one more time when we come back. We have more live coverage from London. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Mike Carter, Mike Bozich, and the gang. Uh, we got people everywhere, it seems like. Garnett just got in the back paddock taking care of some pictures for us. The city of London goes to the one. Sweet Tajur, you're going to be sick. 2560 the wow. winning exactly here. Trifecta, $197.25. Uh, if you use all, all the bombs here, 1856 you got $68. That's not bad for $0.20. Cents. It's a little light, I think. Um, it's a little light. There's like 25 and 20 to 1, the 5 and 6. I think uh, the two horse was taking money more to win necessarily than in the other pools, but it's not that hard to get the one and eight, I guess. So then if you're using 20 cents, you get, you know, we like the six too. We, we probably could have had it. We put our heads together. For sure. All right. Race number nine is the start of the late pick four. And guys, $15,000 guaranteed pool. Garnett, me and you are going to probably have to jump into this here. A low 15% takeout. Uh, it starts off with the City of London Horses and Geldings final. Scratch the five grand illusion. Uh, you know, this, that was a horse I really wasn't uh, looking at too much anyway. Me either. You know what? I actually made my ticket bigger, and I don't usually bet <laughs> tickets that are this big, but I bet a ticket with 90 combinations for 60 cents for a $54 ticket Whoa. because I see some value in one one of the legs, and we'll get to it. But to start out here, I think you need the one, two, and four. I, I initially like the one and four. Um, this DeLorean Sealster has a lot of gate issues, but... He's, it's impossible for me to leave this horse out after two 155 qualifiers in the last three weeks, even though I think uh, there's probably a good chance he'll break. If he doesn't, he could wire this field and knock me out. So I feel pretty good with uh, one, two, and four, at least to advance to the next leg. I went with one and three here. I like the one Blue Moose. The three sportsman of the year is kind of an interesting horse to me. Uh, was second in the city of London. Got a perfect trip from post number seven, which, as you know, Garnett, is very tough here. Very. I think uh, with some post help, the three could potentially show up on the ticket. 
we got a six shark out of water opening up at four to one from a 20, 20 to one morning line, which is a little bit interesting. That's kind of a kind of an interesting play. I wish we could see the you know wish we could see the uh, pool totals. Maybe we'll have to pull those up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, race number ten is the second leg of this pick four. And Mike, who do you got in the first leg? Well, I'm kind of with you guys. I mean, Blue Moose has uh, really been a very dominant winner. You know, draws the inside again. I think it's going to set up for him like it did last time, you know, where he could make that big brush. But, you know, I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed, guys, is when these horses draw the the rail and they don't really have speed-favoring efforts and speed-favoring wins and they're not a speed-favoring horse, uh, they tempted – it seems like they get tempted to use themselves a little bit too early from the inside. And I, I actually, I was kind of worried that that happened to the one last time, but he was able to come back and get the job done. So, you know, blue moose can't fall into that trap or just because I have the pylons, I'm just going to get used aggressively and not fall into his comfort zone. But, uh, you know, at eight to five, I think that could happen. Rob Shepard's a really good driver. So maybe that won't, but I'm a, agreeing with you guys too. DeLorean Seals, they're very good off the qualifier. I like that horse the most, uh, the best of all. I think that 155 and three qualifier is good. I think this horse has made a big step up from two to three and four treasure rider also with that nice effort last time. I think he's probably going to be sitting in a similar situation. And it uh, looks like Jim McDonald's driving well. And so is uh, Trevor Henry, who's uh, got the eight here, guys. Listen, Trevor Henry uh, could could be 40 lengths behind at this point and still win, I think, Garnett. Uh, race number 10 is the second leg of the pick four. It goes a mile and a 16th. Philly Amir preferred three. Uh, scratch number nine, driving the dragon, who is actually one of my selections in this race. I went four deep. I'm now three deep. Uh, I went with the one big list, the four pinky Tuscadero, who's kind of uh, – disappointed me over the past couple of weeks if i do say so myself and the seven teachers vet garnett the one interesting thing about this race is there is now there's only one horse in here that i'm, I'm looking at up and down there's only one horse with a mile and a 16th distance under her belt and it's the four pinky tuscadero and did she win it no she was fifth yeah you know what i <laughs> i'm actually five deep here i got the same three that you mentioned i also have fading shadow from the two hole Comes off a pretty nice win. Um, she could trip up from there. And the other horse, I, the other mare I use is the six, Adwana Bay. She's been racing really well at uh, Mohawk. You notice she uh, had two, uh, in her last two starts, she came home under 28. Uh, her last race was um, very tough, but grinding first over effort, and she got nipped by a horse that slid out right at the last second. I think she's got a pretty good shot here. This is one of the races where I'm looking for some value with one, two, five, one, two, four, six, seven. Mike, you got anything here? Number five, Dazzling Rockette's kind of interesting. I don't think she ever got into her rhythm last time. For some reason, she started poorly, and she found herself last at the half and three quarters, and I thought she raced medium to well towards the end, but that's really not her ball game. I think she's got to be much closer to the pace, and if she could work out a, a second over journey, I think she's got a shot at a price, but I think one big Liz is definitely the one to beat. I mean, she's better up close to the pace, and she was way behind last time and still raced very well. I mean, if that's not a sign of solid form, I don't know what is. So I think one big Liz is definitely it. Five Dazzling Rockette is a price play there. All right, we're going to take a very short break, Mike, from our pick four tickets. We're going to talk to the assistant raceway manager here at the Western Fair District, London, the Western Fair District, the raceway. It's got about 10 different names. Uh, Greg Yangle. Greg, how are you doing, my friend? We're doing great. It's an exciting night. We've had a great turnout, wonderful weather. We really couldn't be uh, asking for anything more. 
Now, obviously, uh, rain was a little bit of a worry. When I talked to Greg Blanchard, I went up to call the fifth race. He was kind of watching the skies a little bit. A beautiful night compared to last year. If we all remember last year, I think we were up here zipped up and, you know, cold as can be. And I'll tell you what, it's really helped out the crowd, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Last year at this time, the temperature was dropping. People are starting to put their sweatshirts on and so forth. And there's still some humidity in the air. So, like we talked about, a little bit of thunderstorms in the surrounding areas. Uh, 60% chance of rain around 11 o'clock is my latest forecast. So, you know, just based on the crowd, the atmosphere compared to last year, I mean, uh, we're certainly pleased because based on the fact we're given a new day starting on a Saturday, we've got the infield party. There's so much uncertainty of how tonight was going to turn out in terms of attendance, but uh, I think it was a home run. Now, Greg, obviously the infield party was a big hit. I've seen a ton of people down in there. Joe Bongiorno was actually down there uh, partaking earlier. He interviewed with us. Uh, talk to us about what went into some of that stuff. What kind of went into some of those things for you guys and uh, what made you kind of change things up? Well, we want to do something different each and every year. Uh, last year, the infield VIP tent was something that was brought up. But realistically, Mike, we couldn't put it together in time. Uh, it's something like this takes months of planning, not weeks. So, if we were going to do something, we wanted to give ourselves enough time and do it right. And looking at that tent right now, it's a 100 by 60 foot tent, uh, food and beverage, all you can eat buffet. We're charging $50 preferred parking and you see the experience that you're getting there. So we felt it was terrific value uh, based on, you know, what we were able to provide, especially with a nice patio, like you can see right there across the track. And uh, the tickets that were sold uh, spoke for themselves. We have 300 people in there. And uh, everybody had an absolutely wonderful time. And like we said, weather is everything. And weather has been very good for us here thus far. Now let's dive into the Camelot Classic. Everybody's got their pick. Uh, you've kind of had a chance to kind of look over. You guys have, uh, you know, seen your field. Who do you like here? I, I'm a big, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I wish I had a straight up answer for you. But if, if, I, uh, if I did, then that would be wonderful. But I, I like a bit of a legend, despite starting from the trailing spot i honestly i think a lot of people are expecting a lot of horses leaving i don't i i'm the exact opposite i think the one horse on fire blue chip has to snap the gate i think uh rock and ron is going to leave hard and i think even in a pleasure is going to bust from the gate i don't see um easy lover hanover leaving hard this is a second lifetime start on a half mile track i don't see him rushing the rushing the wings i don't think dr j is going to leave from the seven and i think the two and the three are going to tuck and look for a trip so I don't think you're going to see as big of a cavalry charge. They're going to drive for position, but not try to make front. Hey, Greg, uh, just wondering uh, how you're loving it here, man. This is a this is a great place and a great night. And uh, are you enjoying your career here so far since you uh, moved made the move? Yeah, it's been terrific, uh, Garnett. As you know, once you have a family, uh, your priorities in life change. And yep. I wanted a slower pace. This is the area I grew up in. And um, I have a three-year-old daughter, Taylor, and, and my longtime partner, Anna, and I are expecting another daughter any day now. So, oh, wow. Yeah, thank you. I, I said, we, we can have the baby any day but today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. You're on your own. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it, it was all about quality of life, Garnett. Uh, you know, we work together at Woodbine and yep. so forth, and, uh, you know, we're seeing each other on a weekly, if not a daily basis. Yeah, back right then. on the tarmac. So all this was just, you know, based, and not to mention I wanted to get into the management position. Yep. So it was just, you know, Woodbine is a wonderful place to work, a great skill set, wonderful people to work with. But as you get older and wiser in life, you just wanted to have a bit of a change and change your lifestyle. Sure. Good to see you. All right, Greg. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you guys having us. What a view we've got. And uh, we certainly appreciate you guys having us out. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking with you soon. Well, we're, we're so thankful that you guys came back this year. We thought it was a success last year, and we're very appreciative of post-time with Mike and Mike. All right, Greg. Appreciate it, my friend, and uh, have a good rest of the night.
All right, we're going to take a, a quick timeout. We're going to go over our late finish, our late pick four tickets here momentarily. Uh, we've got to pay a couple of bills. They're coming onto the racetrack for race number nine, but we'll attack our pick four tickets when we come back. We've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Searching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pit Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and Pit Rock together, one, 49 and 2. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in one, 47 and 3, that's a new track record competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs six roses at 35 to one bang soon go the fireworks Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Mike Bozich back at the post time with Mike and Mike Studios. We're joined by Garnett Barnsdale, of course, Mike Carter, and Jessica Otten live at the Raceway at Western Fair are going through our pick four tickets right now. And we're going to pick up back at race number 11, which actually starts the late double. It's the Philly and Mare Preferred 2. I went three deep here, five Casino Classic, one on the lead last time. I thought she was impressive. I think she's very versatile. She can win from on or off the pace. And I think from post five, that's a good a position for her to be in request for parole was facing tougher at uh, wood at the uh, Mohawk. And I think she's definitely in a better spot here. She could also race from on or off the pace as it appears, although she's better from off the pace, probably And eight SR beach babe starts with a second tier. Uh, this horse was out quite a long ways last time and to end up finishing a, a slightly tiring third, although she raced well, Doug McNair on the bike here tonight. And I think that's going to mean the world difference for eight SR beach babe has got to win against this particular class. So five, six, eight for me in race 11, Mike. I think you're out in race 11, buddy. <laughs> Me too. I Me absolutely, too. this is where I see the value in this race. I will put my reputation on this race lining up one, two out of the gate. <laughs> there isn't a chance any horse beats this one and two horse around the first turn in this race. If you look at last, last weekend at Flamborough, they lined up beside each other, these two horses from the seven and eight hole, and they battled through the first quarter. You notice the, the seven sorry, the two Southwind Ion was 27 flat, 55 and one, and up by two lengths. I think in this situation, Trevor draws insider. I think he parks there. I think this lines up one, two, and one of these two horses wins the race. That's how I see it. I went uh, three deep here. I went the one party in Rome, the two Southwind Ion, the three right away shark. Garnett, I agree with you. There's just too much speed on the inside and the way the track has been playing tonight. It's going to be tough for anyone to uh, beat those three. Race number 12 is the big race. It's the Camelot Classic presented by Sealster uh, Farms. Uh, Jordan Stratton actually just uh, walked up to the table. We'll get uh, some thoughts from him here in just a moment. 
But, guys, I went too deep here. The one Sunfire Blue Chip, six even and a pleasure. Don't hit me, Jordan. I only went too deep, and I didn't use your horse. I'm sorry. But, uh, oh, he's leaving. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, even and a pleasure and Sunfire Blue Chip are uh, my two picks here. I went uh, I went three deep. I have uh, Rock and Run, Easy Lover, Hanover, and I don't I don't see how you can leave Jordan Stratton out here from the second <laughs> tier. Um, You're just this, saying that because he's sitting here. Well, no, I'm <laughs> I'm saying that because this was that outside post for about a year, and now he draws right behind the hottest driver in the world, who's going to be leaving 100 miles an hour. So I can't see how he doesn't get a good trip here, Mike. I'm I'm going four deep here. This race is still a mystery to me. And Greg Gangle brought up a great point. You know, when you see these races on paper in a harness race, it looks like everybody's going to leave. What happens nine times out of ten? Nobody leaves. And I think that plays to the uh, advantage of Sunfire Blue Chip, who will no doubt be leaving. But I think George's going to be in a good spot with a bit of a legend. But I'm hedging my bets here, guys. One, four, six, eight, going deep in uh, race 12. And Garnett, we'll talk about that 11th a little later, my friend. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, we got Jordan Stratton here with us. Jordan, you just got your first, you know, just had your first drive of the night out here. Obviously, you've driven in a uh, few races here. You won this race last year with Bit of a Legend. Uh, talk to us about what you're feeling going into the race post number eight. It's going to be a little bit tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but we're following uh, the rail horse Sunfire Blue Chip. He's been racing at Yonkers. I've seen him racing. He's, he's very competitive, and you know the driver knows this track better than anybody, apparently. <laughs> Every time I look up, he's winning another race. But I think we're in a good spot. Rock and Ron, even a pleasure. I would assume we'd be leaving out of there, and hopefully they mix it up enough for me to pick him up late. Now, obviously, uh, he, he has to follow from the second tier. One thing about Bit of a Legend is he can come from off the pace. He can go to the lead, depending on what he, you know, depending on what you want to do. How important is it, especially on a track that doesn't have a passing lane uh, like uh, London does, how important is it that your horse is as versatile as he is? Uh, I think that's what makes him such a good horse when he's inside, which he doesn't get inside very much anymore these days. But, you know, he can take full advantage like he did last year and move to the front. And he he really won't let one by. But, you know, then again, he can race from behind and he loves to chase one down, too. He's just he's just a really, really good horse. And I'm so thankful that Pete lets me drive him. And he's by far the best horse I've ever driven. Obviously, we're going to see you guys next week at Northfield Park, and uh, we'll probably be doing the same interview again, except on live TV. Um, one thing about Bit of a Legend is he likes the half-mile track. That's one thing that I've noticed about uh, Petrit, and he doesn't kind of vary too much off the half. I I think the horse kind of tells him that. He's so good on a half, and he doesn't really pick him up on the uh, mile track. Some of the bigger horses have the advantage where, you know, they can stretch out a little bit on the bigger track. And, you know, if, if you're a good half-mile track, you might as well stay on the half-mile all right, Jordan, well, good luck, and hopefully we'll be bringing home the trophy for second year in a row. Thank you. All right, guys, Jordan Stratton, the driver of Bit of a Legend, will be going to Shannon Sugar Doyle here momentarily. We're 30 seconds away from post time. Any final thoughts here, Garnett? Uh, I think, um, you know, if there's an, an overlay in the race, it might be the four at nine to two, who was, was a grinding first over winner last week. I think first up's not a, not a terrible trip here tonight if he, she ends up in the same, he ends up in the same spot. Um, but I think one of the one, two, or four is going to win the race. You know, I, I think, the, you know, I'm probably going to be looked at like I'm crazy. I think the three is a little bit of an overlay as well. But 8-1 to one on the morning line. He's 8-1 to one right now. So, obviously, the morning line odds maker. Uh, we are just being informed the 8 is going to be scratched from race number 9 here. I guess the 8 horse really uh, is going to be scratched, according to the feed here at the Raceway Western Fair District. Yep. Um, yeah. Let's listen to Sugar. Scratch of number 8, strike it up. Refunds available, of course. Still time for wagers here on tonight's ninth race. 
So obviously a late scratch here, Mike. Uh, how does that kind of affect your ticket, if at all? Well, it doesn't affect my ticket, but uh, maybe <laughs> Garnett could rethink that 11th. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, watch, watch and learn, there, young Jedi. Listen, well, I, you know, listen. I hey, let me let me interrupt. I got to tell you guys, as hot as Garnett's been, I'm not going to argue with him. And you know, <laughs> Garnett, let's while we have a few seconds, Mike. Do we have a few seconds? Yeah, of course. Good. Okay, I want to ask Garnett because Garnett wrote a great article in HRU uh, a couple of days ago about taking a little bit of a break. Uh, you know, from a gambling point of view, I guess that's very important when you see these same horses week in and week out. And when you find yourself, I guess, in a slump or perhaps reaching a little bit or doing some things that you would normally do, kind of a self-imposed break is good. D- does that help, Garnad? Um, You know, I, I have to say it does because it's probably the only, the only one I've ever taken in my life. And I came back pretty good. But the, the, the strange thing about it that made it so... Um, weird for me was I wasn't really reaching and I wasn't doing anything I wasn't uh, normally doing. I was just getting beat repeatedly. So uh, that's why I took the break. And I get what you're saying. Sometimes you go on, you know, when you're gambling, sometimes you go on tilt, but I I never really did. I just, uh, you know, my kid looked at my account at a certain point. I don't know how he got access to it and said, Hey dad, you didn't cash a ticket for two weeks. And I think that was the tipping point. For me to take the break. Ninth race, City of London, All right, guys. While they are headed to the gate, we're going to set it upstairs to Shannon Sugar Doyle. It's the ninth race, City of London, Horse and Gelding Pace Final, going for a purse of $26,200. Got a water in Gideon Sealster. A reduced field of six here now in the ninth after the scratches of five and eight. They're an eighth of a mile from the start and closing up at three to five. Blue Moose. Shepherd on board for Darvo. Picking up speed. Here they come. They're off and off stride at the start. Number seven, Gideon Sealster to a break. And his last into the opening turn, it will be Blue Moose. Coming through, DeLorean Sealster is keeping it together thus far. And he is challenging here on by the opening eight. Blue Moose to lead by two. Second best, DeLorean Sealster. With them in third is Treasure Rider. All alone in fourth is Sportsman of the Year. Another five lengths back to a struggling shark out of water. Back with them and a trailing Gideon Sealster. And he's moved out. Gideon Sealster is underway from six, and he's moving quickly. 27 and four. A roused up quarter here for Blue Moose. And he'll try to tap it up right here. DeLorean Sealster. Tight quarters there out of third was Treasure Rider. Way up on the outside is Gideon Sealster. They're three high coming out of that three eighths bend. And it's Blue Moose to show the way. Now coming up and at him. Right on his wheel here is Treasure Rider. Inside third, DeLorean Sealster. Second over and fourth, Gideon Sealster. Then it's back to Sportsman of the Year. With them in six, Shark out of water. 58 seconds flat, so 30 and one rating through the second quarter. Blue Moose leads with three eights left to go. Still coming up and at him now, Treasure Rider. Treasure Rider within three parts of a length. That's keeping DeLorean Sealster locked and blocked third. Still out there in fourth, Gideon Sealster, Sportsman of the Year. Could be heard from here in fifth. On by three quarters. One, 26 and two. 28 and two speed through the third. Blue Moose still is the one to take down. Treasure Rider still at him on the outside. DeLorean Sealster and Holiday appears to have a ton of horse. He's all dressed up with no place to go. Into the stretch they come. Blue Moose still there, still coming. Treasure Rider. 
hopelessly blocked. DeLorean Sealster, Treasure Rider going a big one. Treasure Rider for the win. James McDonald on for a City of London. Blue Moose trying to hold second against DeLorean Sealster. Gideon Sealster finishing fourth, 155-4. and four. Never better. Treasure Rider, McDonald for the Smiths. Talk about some wild finishes over the past couple of races. Boy, we were all cheering for somebody else turning for home. I was cheering for the four. I just hope that I don't see an inquiry because he came out in tight quarters there when uh, Dougie started coming with Gideon Sealster. But, you know, uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but that horse went exactly <laughs> the same trip as he did, as did last week, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, first, first sure. Horses that win first over trips are some of the better bets right back because that's the tough. Obviously, we know that's the toughest trip to go in racing. Yeah, for sure. The first over trip is very tough. Uh, number four, Treasure Rider, the unofficial winner here. One Blue Moose second. Number two, DeLorean Sealster third. And the seven, Gideon Sealster was fourth. Four, one, two, seven. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure you visit our Camelot Classic landing page via post time with Mike and Mike.com where you will see that Mike Bozich is knocked out of the pick four, and so am I. But Mike Bozich specifically won't have to worry about the 11th No, race. you don't have to worry about the 11th race. <laughs> well, actually, you know what, guys? I, I did make a little bit of a backup wager with the four, and I actually agreed with Barnett. I, I, Garnett, I seen that this race was first over last time, but he could grind. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I'm a little bit behind you guys in the feed, but uh, <laughs> I, I would – think that the judges would have to look at this because it looked like the seven was right almost alongside when this four kind of popped out so we'll have to wait and see i think it i think it helps james that dougie moved over when he when he i mean out of necessity probably because if you right. don't you're going to get run into but in that regard it doesn't look as bad but he I, you know I, I i agree i think they should at least look at it currently no inquiry just yet number four treasure writer the unofficial winner we are listening to Shannon Sugar Doyle. Uh, we do not currently have an inquiry. Let's take a quick time out while they kind of work through this and see uh, if there's going to be an inquiry. When we come back, uh, we'll have more from London. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hay rides, food and drinks, meat-cued foals, and much, much more. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. Second at 11 a.m. Be there. 
back on this edition of Hoops Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, Gardet Barnsdale, Jess Gotten. Obviously, you guys were all wrong. I should have bet it took the two to one odds against you. There was no inquiry uh, against the four. Treasure Rider pays $9, $70 super, $63.70. I know Garnett's got that about 10 times. Uh, <laughs> Zero times. Uh, 4 1 on the exacta for Treasure Rider and Blue but, Moose paid 15 20 and the Tri paid 24 85 But, uh, you know, once again, I, I pointed out at one minute the post who the overlay was and I sat in my hands. So that doesn't do me any good. Although, that's the one I wanted to start the pick four because that probably killed a lot of tickets. Well, listen, uh, you so you got the four in the pick four, right? So, you, so you're still so you're still dancing, you know. That's that's not it. Listen, can I borrow? Can I buy the ticket off you for a hundred bucks? You know? Uh, uh, no, no, not, a, not at this point. That'd be a negative, no, Schreider. I got right. I got five deep here, so. <laughs> All right, we are eleven minutes away from tonight's tenth race. Philly and Bear preferred three action. They're going a mile and a sixteenth. Scratch the nine, driving the dragon in. Uh, it's an interesting field, Garnett. Uh, this is a, a pretty tough race, and you know, Sugar and I were kind of talking off the air. Um, before the uh, show and, and this this race in the 11th race is where he went really deep because he felt that there was a lot of value between the two races there's one thing there's one thing i know about a, a mare in here that you probably don't and uh this one horse the one big list can leave with the car uh, you see the seven wins she had last year i saw quite a few of these races at grand river uh flambro just by chance i happen to be there i don't go to these tracks a lot but like on it <laughs> on industry day she raced and uh she was racing for lower classes. I think she was like a 10 or 12 claimer. And back then, her style was completely different. She'd go to the front and bottom out the field every time. So I just wonder, uh, leaving from the rail, if she's going to try to go to the front here. And currently, a 25 to 1 is a crazy price on her. Um, so that's one I'm kind of looking at. And, I, you know, I, I do. You know, so Duana Bay, who's been racing great at Woodbine, and granted in claiming races, but how much tougher is this? If you, you're coming out of races that are going 52 at Woodbine or Mohawk, She's 50 to 1 on the board. These odds are kind of crazy right now. I don't see anybody going off at 3 to 5 as Pinky Tuscadero currently is. Yeah, and I'm not trusting Pinky Tuscadero at 4 to 5 at all, Garnett. I think that uh, that is a little bit of an underlay. And, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be interesting to kind of see how this race plays out. This is a super high five race, so I'm uh, willing to jump in here a little bit. And, uh, Mike, what you got? Well, I'll just have a question for Garnett. Now, Garnett, you see a lot of these horses racing at Mohawk. And, you know, on a big day like this, and not only at, you know, Western Fair, but when you see big days at Grand River and some of the other, you know, smaller Canadian tracks, you see a lot of the horses coming over from Woodbine. As far as a classification level, Garnett, where do we, like, compare? Like, okay, so we have this horse coming up, Sudwana Bay, was in a 15 claiming handicap at Woodbine. Now is it a preferred three here? As far as the classification level, is that a good fit, a not-so-good fit, or do we just not know? Well, you know, they're claiming handicaps, so there's a big difference between a condition claimer where you have non-winners of this and that racing in the races. Uh, these claiming handicaps, sometimes you're going up against a horse. Like, if you see, look at Sudwana Bay's company line, she lost three times in a row to a hot horse, Jordy's Hope. So, in this case, I think I think she kind of fits in here. But the other thing you got to consider is she's only won one time out of 19, and she's got 10 slices. So she's probably a better horse to use underneath. But as far as the class, I mean, these these claiming handicaps at, uh, at Mohawk, they, they, they fly pretty hard. Like, they race pretty hard. So I don't think it's that much different. Now, Garnett, obviously we talked a little bit early on earlier about uh, horses that had experience 
in at the mile and a sixteenth distance and horses that might benefit from an extra sixteenth of a mile. Is there anybody in this race that kind of jumps off that might need the extra sixteenth of a mile? I, I don't know. I mean, I think um, I think those races play out uh, according to how the how they how they're raced and how the fractions are cut. Like that one that we saw earlier with uh, drunk on a plane. It looked <laughs> it looked like he was drunk on a plane going to the half because. He cut a 54 and three half, and you kind of know then that it's going to fall apart. So I don't really think the 16th of a mile is really beneficial to one or type of horse or another. I think it just depends how the race goes, how it finishes. All right. Well, it's definitely been an interesting night of racing so far. Mike, talk to us a little bit about how maybe you would set up your high five ticket here. Well, this is kind of tough. I mean, I'm not a, a very good uh, high five player like you are, Mike Carter. I know you've hit a few of including the legendary one at the Meadowlands not too uh, far ago. But, you know, I mean, as far as a high five goes, I think you kind of got to look how the race sets up. Um, you know, Big Liz, like Garnett said, has some speed. I mean, a couple of her best efforts have been up close to the pace, but then she closed from off the pace well last time. But, I mean, from the pylons, you have to think she's going to be up close to the pace. So if you really trust her and if, you, if you're going to use her and you think that she's the one that's going to be around at the end, then I guess you got to kind of have to look at the ones that are going to be around her, you know, up close to the pace. I mean, and when you look at that, that can be tough. I mean, you've got two trailers here, play with passion, a horse that races best up close to the pace. Okay, but then from post three, she didn't leave very well last time at Woodbine. So is she going to leave here tonight? Is she going to try to follow the one out if the one does show speed? If that's the case, then you absolutely have to use the eight. What does seven teachers bet do? Teachers bet's a horse that used to be trained by Kelvin Harrison. He used to race at Harris, Philadelphia on the East Coast here quite a bit. She's got a lot of speed, but is she going to show that speed from post seven? She didn't from post one last time. She got out left. The quarter wasn't overly fast. You know, now you got Doug McNair on her in favor of Alfie Carroll. Alfie Carroll's a good speed driver. So I don't, you know, I don't know if Doug McNair is going to try to rouse this horse from the outside. I guess you would think he would have to in order to be involved as, you know, off the class drop. So I don't know. I would play around the one seven eight. Maybe use the six underneath for third, fourth, or fifth. Um, maybe play and wheel towards the bottom of the ticket. I think with an off the pace horse like six and Wanna Bay is probably not going to be anywhere near the early pace, and is probably not going to have enough or be in enough be in a good enough striking position to close towards the end, uh, at least enough for the winner's second. But she certainly could finish third, fourth, or fifth. So I would play heavily with one seven eight towards the front, and maybe play six towards the back, third, fourth, or fifth, guys. Like, you know, it's kind of interesting to kind of see how this pace scenario is going to kind of, you know, set up. It's interesting what you said about, you know, speed and pace setting. What I'm kind of interested to see, and I want to get your opinion about, is the seven teachers vet. Teachers vet uh, likes to leave, Mike, and, you know, has left from outside post before. Do you think somebody like that is going to have a hard time from post seven? Well, she I mean, she's got to try to leave. That's the only chance she's got to be in the race. She's dropping in class. She's getting a top-class driver, so there's really no doubt that she's going to leave. Uh, how much it's going to take out of her to where she's going to try to go, whether she's going to try to just go all the way or whether she's going to try to duck, you know, that's a different story. But she's definitely going to try to leave. So, I mean, this is one of two ways. If you think she's going to have it easy enough on the front end to where she's going to hang around, but I think you have to play on the 178 because I think those are going to 
be the three horses that are going to be near the front end. If you think the speed can break down, Pinky Tuscadero can close well, although it does show back on the 24th that her best race, at least in her last five starts, has been on the front end. I know she's got a really good late kick, so you may want to throw her in there. And Six Sudwana Bay is going to be a horse that would benefit from a fast early pace as well. And so will Fading Shadow, although, you know, I'm not – fond on this track of closes from post two usually they get they find a way to get locked in but nonetheless i think this is a race you just got to play shapes if you think the speed's going to hold play around the 178 with your closers towards the bottom if you think the speed's going to fold then maybe go ahead and put your two four and in a six in the top a uh, couple of positions uh, with the speed on the bottom and uh see how it plays out that way Right, and uh, you know, you know what else makes it kind of interest, kind of an interesting, uh, kind of an interesting bet, uh, you know, Mike, is that there is so many horses in this field that don't necessarily have experience at the mile and a sixteenth. Like I was just talking to Garnett about, that could really hinder a few of them. Well, that's maybe where you want to play from off the pace. So, I mean, you know, Pinky Tuscadero, you know, has good uh, late rushing abilities. And uh, she's dropping down into a preferred three ranks like a few others here. You know, Sudwana Bay's got good late rushing ability. You know, she's coming from that $15,000 claiming handicap from Woodbine. Where Garnett think that, thinks that's an okay fit coming here into a preferred three. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've seen Mohawk horses come here you know, and, and not and do well and not do so well. But one <laughs> of the things that Garnet brought up is horse A, one for 19 with 10 slices. That goes to show you right there what this horse is all about. You know, she puts in that good leg kick, but very rarely does she get there, and she's not going to be in good position here, you know, on this half-mile track. So the extra 16th of a mile, in my opinion, could be the equalizer, and that could put her in a good spot. And if you're structuring your tickets, Players second, third, and fourth. I think that's the way to go. And, uh, you know, I mean, behind the speed. I think that's my opinion behind the speed here, guys. All right. They are on the racetrack for the 10th race. Let's go through the field. Number one is Big List, 7-1 to one right now. A humongous overlay uh, for driver Colin Kelly. Has won two races at 18 starts and really likes to hit the board. I think the one Big List could show up here at Pretty Big Odds. Her owner sitting right there, Steve Mahalik, that bald guy right over there. <laughs> the two's fading shadow, uh, trained by Michael Carther. Not Carter. <laughs> Not me. No. no, driven by Scott Coulter. I think fading shadow's got a really good shot to hit the high five here from the two-hole. Number three is Casimir, pardon me, Louis Philibois picks up the drive tonight. Had Yannick Jingra in the bike at Flamborough. Uh, this is kind of a different driver change here, but Louis Philibois likes to leave from this spot. Casimir, pardon me, could be part of an early pace duel. The four, Pinky Tuscadero, a raceway favorite, is only one for 16 this year, but she's being quoted a two to one here, dropping from the preferred two to the preferred three. She should be in the mix, but I don't know if you could take two to one on a one-time winner out of 16. Five is Dazzling Rocket, and I, I, I'm not really sure about the five Dazzling Rocket. In fact, I feel like the set, the seven to one that she's currently at is a well, it's about right, but I think it's a little bit a uh, little bit too low if you ask me. I wasn't really impressed, Garnett, with her last start. We'll get into that here in just a minute. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like her much, but I can understand why she's six to one. Uh, the six I'd want to be. We've talked about her a lot. Probably a horse you want to use underneath. Uh, one for nineteen this year, but she's got six seconds and four thirds. She'd be a She'd be a good horse and also a frustrating horse to own, I guess. Number um, figuring out we're at number seven. Teachers of Vet is possibly going to be the speed scenario of the race. Currently two to one. The question is, does Dougie Fresh leave from the outside? I think he does, but I'm not sure that he makes front right away. 
68, play with passion. 20 to 1, Trevor Henry. Trevor Henry's owned this track tonight in the earlier races. You're looking at 20 to 1. Um, coming off uh, some races. Actually, the horse, the filly that beat her last time out, Jan, is 3 for 3 this year so far as a 3-year-old. Um, this horse uh, this horse can get a piece of this at 20 to 1, I think. All right, let's hear from our friends at Diamond Creek Farm. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, number five here in this race and kind of see where where you might uh, consider using her. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at DiamondCreekFarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. Second at 11 a.m. Be there. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at betamerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes. Freaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, joined by Garnett Barnsdale, Jessica Hotton. Garnett, let's talk about um, number five, Dazzling Rocket, really quick. As I said that I wasn't really impressed, you know, the line really doesn't do that last race a lot of justice considering how much ground she made up over the entire race, but I'm not really sure that she's going to be the victor here. Well, the one thing I don't like is that she didn't leave at all, and now she's surrounded by, you know, the seven's going to probably leave, a couple horses on the inside are going to leave. I don't know where she's going to be coming from, maybe fifth, sixth, but... Her three races before that were really good, so I don't know if it's just the class level stepping into the mare's preferred that was the difference or not. I guess we'll we'll get a better indication here, but at 9-2, to two, I mean, I went five deep and didn't use her, so obviously <laughs> I don't like her that much. Now, number one big list was by here once already, Garnett, and big list looked really, really sharp. I was really, really impressed, and she looks keyed up and ready to go, and I think 9-2 uh, to two is the play on her. Now, I wish I could have gotten 15 or 20-1 to one like I did earlier, but I think people are starting to see uh, what we're seeing. Coming in front of us, though, I'm not too, you know, the, the eight play with passion uh, looks a little bit uh, sweaty to me. looks a little bit uh, kind of keyed up a little bit too much. A little hot. Uh, yeah, little a little hot. A little hot. Her head's kind of tossing around. She doesn't look that comfortable. I agree. Big list looks really good. Uh, a lot of the other ones here right in front of us look uh, comfortable, but the eight doesn't. I, I think, you know, I think big list has a really good chance of sitting a pocket here, maybe to the seven or the three. Those are probably going to be the first three off the car, one, three, and seven, I would think. Yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting race, and obviously it's warm here tonight. We, we've discussed this a little bit. The temperature is uh, a lot warmer than it was 365 years ago. 365 years, yeah, it was definitely warmer than 365, 365 <laughs> days ago. Uh, we're going to get the driver deduction. Shannon Sugar Doyle is going to do the driver deductions after this race. We will cover that live here on Post Time with Mike and Mike because we've got the line in. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of improvements uh, to our live remotes. And one thing that, uh, 
you know, we've got this year, Garnett is the line in. And I'll tell you what, it, it helps us in a couple of ways. Number one, we don't have to stick a microphone up to the television yeah. anymore. And number two, the sound is so much clearer, and we're getting exactly what's going through the track feed. And number three, we can yell during the race. <laughs> I know that's Mike's favorite part, right, Mike? <laughs> the following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. The final edition of the Molson Pace in 2017 went to a bit of a legend who fed it off all challengers late in the stretch and won decisively for trainer Pete Tritton. This year, the race has a new name, a new feel, but the same great atmosphere as hundreds of Hardest Racing's loyal fans have come to the raceway at Western Fair District to see the historic Camla Classic named in honor of one of... Are you interested in learning... All right, we're back here uh, at London. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical snafu uh, there. Uh, Mike, uh, what we were commenting on is the fact that uh, you loved it when we yelled at the TV on our best, right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that line ends a beauty. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we got 22 seconds to post here, guys. Uh, two to one on the four pinky Tuscadero. I think that's a little bit low, Garnett. Uh, two to one. I mean, she's good. Let's, I'm not taking anything away from pinky Tuscadero because she's a good racehorse, okay? But let's just be honest here. She's a good racehorse, you know, what have you. But I'm not sure that two to one is a price I would play her at on top. I wouldn't take it. I mean, she's won once this year. It was, it was a good mile, but uh, I don't think I could take two to one. I don't think this is a real easy spot for her. I like the one. All right. Well, enjoy yourselves, kids. It's super high five time going a mile and a 16th. Race number 10 here at the Raceway at Western Fair District. Shannon Sugardoyle with the live call of tonight's 10th race. Muscadero. She's a co-favorite now at 5-2 to two with the 7 Teacher's Vet. So at a post 5, Dazzling Rocket, then Sadwana Bay, Teacher's Vet, back tearing it, play with passion. 7 on gate, 1 trailer. They're picking up speed. Here they come for the edit distance in London. They're off. Timing it perfectly from an outside post. Teacher's Vet teamed up early here for McNair, and she crossed right on over for the lead. Teacher's Vet quickly by three open lengths. Casimir, pardon me, battles on for second against Big List. Big List, though, she's protecting her pylon position to come through for the play spot. Still left out there in the third. Casimir, pardon me, and Louis Philippois is sending this one. Quick opening quarter mile coming up here. Teacher's Vet matching the bullet thus far tonight in 27 seconds flat. Teacher's Vet by two. Big List is second, ducking and tucking for third. Casimir, pardon me, it's Pinky Tuscadero with some pace to Chasing fourth, fifth best in thinking about it. Sadwana Bay off the back end, fading shadow, and going next to last. Dazzling Rocket overplay with passion. Approaching the half mile, it's Teacher's Vet. Left loose on the lead by two. Teacher's Vet and McNair with a lap to go. Big List is second now. Pinky Tuscadero's put into play, and she's just taken second on the outside for Horner. Fourth and in. Casimir, pardon me, a second over fifth. Sadwana Bay getting involved from sixth. Fading Shadow, next to last along the inside, was play with passion. The trailer moving out was Dazzling Rocket. The half timed up in 56-2. and two. Teachers, Vet is still the one. Right on her wheel in second. Pinky Tuscadero, three wide on the outside for Sawada Bay. Four wide on the outside. Dazzling Rocket with a big backstretch power swoop for Hensley. Dazzling Rocket is circling them. Throw a blanket over them. Three lengths, tip to tail, the field of eight. 
They swing for home, and it's time to show them if you got them along the inside. Teachers, that's still there. Pinky Tuscanero still coming on the outside. Still there, Sunwana Bay, way up on the outside. Fading shadow! Fading shadow maybe over Sunwana Bay. It's awfully close on the line. A picture will decide it. Well, Mike, another close finish here at the raceway, my friend. You either had to play with the pace or without the pace. If you're playing without the pace, like we said a couple of minutes before the race, you're playing Fading Shadow, Sidwana Bay, you know, Piggy Tuscadero, them kind of horses. If you're playing with the pace, you're paying, playing Big Liz, Teacher's Bad, Play With Passion, them kind of horses. I think you just had to play either with or without the pace there, and you know, I think if you play without the pace, I think you did quite well. It looks like the uh, two might have gotten up over the six here. Uh, the two six at a dead tight photo. Guys, you know, listen, Garnett, uh, and, you know, people can say whatever they want to about track bias. The last three, four races, it's been speed, 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 and then flying from the back. This could change the entire setup of tonight's Camelot Classic. You think? I don't know. I mean, well, uh, we're, I mean, we're calling it all speed. I, I, I think I'd have to uh, kind of disagree with Greg Gangle a little bit. I think there's going to be a lot of speed in the race. I think the six horse won this race, by the way. Um, maybe I could. <laughs> maybe, I could maybe, uh, maybe, listen, maybe you've not. been wrong before. Uh, the month of uh, what was it? March? No, nope. two, two six. <laughs> I had them both. That's why I was hoping for the six. Ah, uh, okay. I um, just say it. I don't know. I mean, listen. They went to the half in fifty six and two, and then they kind of crawled home, right? Like the third quarter was thirty seconds. Um, they came home, what, about 37 after that? Give or take, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just the, that was the best race of the night, man. I'm, You know what? I give uh, Sugar Doyle a lot of credit there. I'm glad I wasn't announcing that one, and I love announcing, even though I only do, like, one race a year. Je- Jessica, we she's over here at the table. Jessica, we talked a little bit earlier about Sugar. He said he's going to try to get one of those, uh, if you got him, you know, if you're going to show him if you got him. And, boy, did he get that in, Mike. Show him if you got him. Yeah, certainly. I mean, show them if you got them. I mean, that's one of our staple calls when we always put together stuff for Western Fair, you know, uh, production pieces. We always kind of look for that line because I think that's one of Sugar's greatest lines. I mean, just a heck of a race call. A race call. You know what? You go back through some of the Molson paces, you know, a couple of years you know, back at last year, the year before, even in a pleasure, that was one of my favorite calls of all time. That just happened. I mean, I continue continuously use that in production pieces. And I know you probably get annoyed because you're like, why do you keep using that? Why do you keep using that? No, not but, at all. Uh, hey, Mike, guess what? I trained this horse. Michael Carther. I, I trained this horse, the two yes. leading shadow. I, I train him. Michael yep, Carther. You have a th- you have a 357 win, uh, 357 uh, UDRS two very good six wins, twelve <laughs> seconds, and six thirds out of forty one starts. So congratulations. Appreciate it, my friend. Well, it's unofficial two six five seven two six five and a seven unofficial. This mile and a sixteenth, and what a race it was, Garnett. I mean, it was. you know, the, this is just one of those. This turned into a one of those nights where you got to kind of look and see: do the closers have a real chance here? Well, you know, a Dazzling Rockette made a powerful move, but then you could kind of see she went so far wide and lost so much ground that she couldn't make it up again. But uh, there was a lot of action in that race. Maybe the mile and the 16th races are the way to go because uh, there was sure, uh, you know, a lot of action from basically the half-mile pole all the way home. 
All right, Mike, we are going to cover the driver introductions uh, live here on Post Time with Mike and Mike with the line in that will allow us to do so. Uh, Sugar Doyle going through the rundown right now. Uh, we're going to actually send it straight up to Sugar Doyle. We're going to get the rundown, and the drivers are walking in front of us here at London. So we'll turn it over to track announcer Shannon Sugar Doyle here in just a moment. Um, he is announcing that there was a placing, I guess, of the one horse. There was a dead heat for third there, uh, Garnett. So uh, two six five seven two six seven five. But we're going to let uh, Sugar go through the prices and uh, talk about the driver introduction for the Camelot Classic. Dead heat. Play with passion. Finished 59. Was out the 10. Did not start. No winning combination for the high five. The winning combination for the high five was not sold in race number 10. So here it's how it that goes over four thousand dollars in carryover money added to the race twelve mandatory payout Camlock Classic. Think about it. Sixteen eighty on a win ticket there for the two fading shadow and exactor worth two hundred sixty-four fifty dollar try at eight seventy-seven eighty. Uh, that's with the five for third. With the seven for third, the dollar try eleven hundred ninety-two twenty-five. And again. Winning combination for the high five was not sold in there. Over $4,000 in carryover money added to the race 12 Camelot Classic high five, a mandatory payout. Obviously, you heard Shannon Sugar Doyle talk about the super high five carryover. It's going to be $4,124.93. The driver deductions coming up here in just a moment. The drivers are lined up right in front of us currently, guys. Uh, They're going to throw some T-shirts. Sugar Doyle is going to introduce each one of them. Uh, You know, they all look uh, pretty confident, uh, Garnett. Well, uh not as confident as I am in cashing this pick four right now. No, I probably shouldn't say that because I'll get knocked out. Well, listen, we got a high five to kind of handicap now. A little bit over $4,000 in the uh, carryover pool. It's a mandatory payout night here at London. We'll have to find Greg. Yeah, because it's closing night. Oh, yeah. So if like, so we'll nobody to find, gets five, you still pay it out. Right. So we'll have to find out if Greg Blanchard will um, maybe have a uh, guaranteed pool. Are you going to take this, me for another uh, ride again in this uh, last race uh, high five? Like hey, hey, easy. Listen, we were winners right here. We, we were, we were we, winners right here. We looked golden all the way around the track until the stretch. Yeah, well, you know, listen, we didn't, we didn't, listen, he said, show him if you got him. We definitely didn't have him. No, That's we, for did, our we sure did. <laughs> so we did not have him. Are you laughing over there, Mike Bozich? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, again, driver introductions coming up here shortly. Uh, all the drivers lined up here in front of the grandstand. And, Mike, this is one of the kind of cool things that, I've, uh, that I that I kind of enjoy that they that they do. Yeah, I mean, Western Fair, you know what? They have done a lot of different things to try to make this an event. And I don't want to get into the comparisons of maybe they're trying to make this another Gold Cup and Saucer. But, I mean, you guys see it. You guys are there. The infield tent you know, the fair type atmosphere, you know, the, just a lot of different things that the, you know, the management team at the raceway at Western fair district is trying to do to try to get people involved to try to make this event. I mean, it's really a good, good thing. And it's a good race. I mean, year in and year out, it turns out to be a fantastic race. And I certainly don't think this year's any exception. I mean, it's very competitive, even how, even to the point to where the post draw ended up, it's uh, certainly a great race. 
Uh, Mike, I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, but the driver introductions are about to begin. We're going to send it upstairs to the uh, voice, Shannon Sugar Doyle, here at London. Send it down trackside now for camera classic driver intros and immediately following the driver intros, of course, the camera classic t-shirt toss. Alrighty, so we're going trackside now. Again, for driver intros, all these drivers participating in the Race 12 Camelot Classic for a $150,000 purse presented by Sealster Farms. Here we go. He was the winner of our signature race back in 2008 with an extreme long shot in Eagle Luck at 25 to 1. He certainly knows the way the winner's circle here in London tonight. He gets a great shot to be here again with Rail Starter Sunfire Blue Chip. Welcome back, Trevor Henry. Woo! He's been a leading driver here at the Raceway in recent years, and with this being his home track, it's nice to see him going aboard the London-owned horses at Friday yet for Canada's leading trainer, Richard Morrow. Uh, give it up for the hometown fave, Alfie Carroll. This leading driver, four wins through most of 2018 here in London, will drive the only son of Cam Lufkin, our big event. He'll be aboard Killer Martini, now approaching 5,000 career driving victories, over $30 million earned. He would love to add to his totals here tonight. Meet Scott Coulter. He's become a strong presence at Canada's biggest racing venue in a very short time, and he certainly shakes things up when he's on the track here in London. This number one driver in the nation for wins and money earned this season will try to shake things up with Rock and Ron. Louboisi, Louis Pitifois. We have the O'Brien Award winning driver from 2017 with us tonight after celebrating career win 3,000 just last night. He is poised to go over $50 million in career earnings this season and only his 11th year in a race bike tonight. Easy lover Hanover will Try to get back to his winning ways with regular pilot Doug McNair. He's coming in off a career best year for earnings in the sulky, and tonight he's looking forward to his raceway debut. He's won in Ontario before. He comes here in search of a Camelot Classic victory aboard our current track record holder in Eden and a pleasure. Welcome to London, Joe Bongiorno. In just 10 years of driving, he has risen to the top and continues to do it well on the powerful wake circuit. Tonight, he gets an outside chance with Dr. J. Hanover for Team Alanya. Ladies and gentlemen, your reigning world driving champion, Canada's own James McDonald. 
With almost 3,600 wins, $57 million earned during a 13-year career, his richest season to date came in 2017 with $9 million banked while sitting in the race bike. He goes where a bit of a legend goes. And tonight, they're both return here as defending champs. We're glad you're back. Jordan Stratton. All righty, time now for some Camlock Classic T-shirt tossing. Make some noise for your Camlock drivers. Good luck, gentlemen. All right. I think I reach up here, man. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> Garnett's trying to get him a T-shirt, Mike. Obviously, what you know, one thing about this place, uh, Mike, is the fair feel to it. There are so many fans and everybody is just so happy that these big name drivers are in town. Yeah, that's a really cool thing that they do with the driver introductions. And of course they have them throw t-shirts and that's what's going on now. It's just, it's a cool thing to do. It's a great thing to do. And, and the hats off to the management at the raceway at Western fair district for, you know, pulling that off because the more interaction that we can get, between insiders of our industry, drivers, trainers, et cetera, and the fans, the better. And, you know, it's a good thing that the raceway does it. Now, Garnett, uh, I just asked Mike about it. You know, it's a real fair setting around here, and that's one thing that I really like is the fair type setting, and the people really soaked this up. Last year, if you remember, foiled again, Matt Kikili took him all the way down to the end yeah. of the grandstand, and people, I mean, they were standing, they were clapping, they really saluted foiled again. Yeah, you know, this track's been here a long time. I think the people that come here are very knowledgeable uh, about the horses and the drivers and, and the sport. And that's why you see the appreciation for the drivers during the introductions and stuff like that. And, you know, they have a great dining room here. Uh, this place is always pretty cold when I, anytime I come. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it is kind of a fair atmosphere, as you say. All right. The top of the fair is full. The grandstand is packed. We've got two races left to go on a Saturday night from London. Drivers are headed back to the paddock. It's going to take a couple of minutes before they come onto the racetrack. Let's pause a few seconds for, uh, I was going to say station identification, but uh, we're on blogtalkradio.com. If you're listening to our website, post time with Mike and Mike.com. Uh, we will come back here in just a couple of minutes. We've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, made cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd second at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. 
On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th, is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return for the Hamiltonian State. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And listen, I'm going to let you two go to town on this. My opinion here is not changed. It's one, down to one, two, three. I think those are the three horses uh, to beat. But I'm going to let you guys uh, let you guys talk about it, and uh, maybe I'll go play some wager or two. All right. Well, I mean, I think Party in Rome's uh, only paying seven bucks, but I think that's because everybody here knows that Trevor's going to go to the front and try and take no prisoners. I think the two is going to line up second behind her i don't really see uh i don't really see it playing out any other way i really don't like uh request for parole at all at the, at the price i think uh she is probably the best mare in the race but she can also get a trip similar to the one dazzling rockette got last time i don't see her leaving she's probably going to be third or fourth over uh, you know i need the one or two to advance in this pick four and i think it could pay anything right now so that's what i'm hoping for Garnett, uh, if you th- if uh, let me ask you this: if you think the one and two are definitely going to show front end tactics, which obviously they have to, um, if they want to be uh, involved in this race, how does that set up for the eight? I mean, you would think that the eight would have to be right behind them, uh, you know, fr- starting from that second tier. Well, um, there's there's an interesting dynamic in play here. That's all I'm going to say. If you take a real close look at the connections of the two and the eight, I can't see the eight parking the two out. Uh, the eight probably could follow the one close enough to, to keep the two parked, but I don't see it happening. Let's talk a little bit about party in Rome. Now, this was a horse, obviously. First of all, you're getting a uh, a move from Scott Young to Trevor Henry. Trevor obviously has had a, a red hot night. He's one of the probably the best drivers that have ever that's ever driven this uh, London circuit. That's number one. Number two. Uh, from the second tier, or from the outside of Flamborough last time, rather, she never really had a chance to get involved. I mean, there was other speed inside of her. She had no choice but to take the tuck. Then she had to kind of go into, you know, the cover flow, and she finished okay. She's moving up technically on paper from a preferred three to a preferred two, but now she's going to probably be in position to utilize her preferred racing style. With that being said, the third-place finisher out of that race, Big Liz, didn't really race all that well in uh, the last race in a preferred three. Does that uh, concern you at all? Not really. I mean, I think that you got to consider the dynamics that were in play. And if you look at Southwind Ion, who started insider, Southwind Ion had to be three wide at the quarter to be on the lead. So you know there's at least three horses that were firing out of there, you know, going 27-55 to the half. She was forced to take back. It's not her preferred style. She only lost by a length and a half. She moves from the eight-hole to the one-hole, Picks goes from Scott Young to Trevor Henry, I mean, there's just so many positives from to take take away from that. I think uh, I hate the phrase that's her race to win or lose, but I think I just said it. Um, I, I don't know about 
her race to win or lose, but I think she's going to try and control things, and um, it's going to be it's going to come to the point of whether or not she gets away with a soft enough opening half to keep going. I don't think uh, I don't think she can cut a 55 half and win the race, but if she gets like a 56 and change, I think she's going to be very tough. This two horse Southwind Ion, every race that I've seen her win, if you look four back, was off perfect pocket trip. So I think that's what she's looking for. I don't think she's going to try and press the one very hard leaving the gate. I think she'll leave with her and then, you know, try to take a tuck right away. Um, you know, Miss Brandy K is capable of leaving, but it's, I just I just see Trevor trying to control this thing, and whether whether or not he lasts, I don't know. Let's uh, let's take a look at this from another point of view. We know the one and two are probably going to be out there, but uh, for Miss Brandy K has speed, as you just mentioned, and so does five Casino Classic. Um, now, if they were, and even seven Bourbon Seals still has got a little speed, to be quite honest, but if they hook up in some kind of wild duel, I mean, six requests for parole. I understand what you're saying, Garnett. I mean, she's probably going to be out of position. She could be in the same position as the five was last time, or she's got to make a big sweeping move um, into, you know, or else uh, into that turn, which you don't want to. But let's be honest. If you look at 2017, she's made $173,000. I mean, the next closest earner last year was the three at the 78000 Do you respect the class that request for parole has in this race? And you think maybe if the four or the five do show speed, mix it up with the one or the two, you think that could perhaps set it up better for her? It could, and she could also grind first over and win this race, but uh, I don't like, I just don't like the post. That's the, my biggest concern. All right, guys, they are going to the gate. Enough debate here, guys. Okay, enough debate. Uh, you know, I'm just kidding. They are headed to the gate. We're going to set it upstairs to Shannon Sugar Doyle with the live call of race number 11 here in London. Classic request for parole. Bourbon Sealster in the back tier spot, Senior Beach, babe. Eighth of a mile from the start. Top class mirrors, pick up speed. Here they come. And away they go. Bourbon Sealster from an outside post is leaving. Southwind Ion and on the rail. Party in Rome is coming through. Party in Rome is going to stack them up. Three wide through that opening turn. Party in Rome for Henry comes through. Pocketing up in second. Southwind Ion. Bourbon Sealster looking to settle down in third. She's done so. Request for parole. Is racing at a fourth and it's right away Shark. Fifth best away. Senior Beach Babe. The back markers. Miss Brandy Kay. And Casino Classic at the back of the bus. Opening quarter mile was 27 and 3 for a headstrong. Party in Rome. The co-fave leading for Trevor Henry. Second best, Southwind Ion, now right-lined at a third and going forward. Bourbon Sealster with requests for parole to follow up on that live cover. Fifth and in is right away, Shark, a move to the outside and six for Senior Beach, babe. Then it's Miss Brandy K and Casino Classic. The half timed up in 57 and one. Party in Rome is still the one right on the wheel. In second is Bourbon Sealster. Now through along for the play spot once again with Southwind Ion. Fourth best and in for right away, Shark. Gapping her cover on the outside in fifth. Request for parole. A buried sixth. Miss Brandy K, the back mark. Senior Beach Babe and Casino Classic up to three quarters. Trevor Henry appears to be enjoying that pick on the outside. Bourbon Sealter, she's out there, but she's not gaining. Three quarters up in 126 and one. 
a measured mile here for Party in Rome. And Trevor Henry, though, still coming now. Bourbon Sealster, she's finding more. Locked in the box third for Southwind Ion. Racing fourth on the outside for request for parole. And into the stretch they come. Party in Rome, still there. Not going away. Bourbon Sealster, no room here for Southwind Ion. She's out now, but it's too late. Party in Rome, a Trevor Henry Grand Slam on Camelot Classic Night. Southwind Ion was second. Request for parole third. Maybe right away Shark for fourth and 157 flat. <laughs> you, want, you, you want to talk about race 11 now, Junior? <laughs> Mike, I think he was talking to you, my friend. Mike? He hung up. <laughs> I'm not sure where he went. Uh, <laughs> one, two, six, unofficial here. I got the try. I, I don't, you know, it's not going to pay anything. Man, but, you, a man of three would you know, have been so but, good for you. You know, it would have been nice to. Um, I'm a little disappointed that once again I sat on my hands, but I'm live in this pick four. But I, you know, this was a this was the race to hammer tonight. This was the race to hammer. I told you guys that it was. This is going to stack up one two, and Trevor is going to line them up, and it's going to finish one two. <laughs> Mike, are you there? I don't think he wants to talk to us anymore. <laughs> I think he disappeared. One, two, six, three. The results are unofficial. I got the try, but it's not going to pay very much. I'm just hoping it pays more than $7.20. Uh, I was it hoping the three could get up for third. Yeah, man. Th- I got the all in the back spot. Just the three gets up for third, we're in, uh, we're in good shape. But uh, I'll tell you what, six raced a huge mile. She really did. Oh, um, for sure. For as long as she was out. and She, she gapped out a little bit on the back stretch when they picked it up, but uh, she raced tough. So Mike says he disconnected. I think he disconnected. I think he disconnected, um, he disconnected on, purpose. on purpose, right? Race number twelve is the Cam Luck Classic. It's coming up here in just a few moments. We're gonna knock out one final commercial break. When we come back, we dissect race number twelve. It's the big one here in London. It's the Cam Luck Classic coming up here in London. We also got Jess Gotten in the paddock. She'll have James McDonald on the backside of this commercial break. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Foils again, dead game. Clear vision right on the outside. Pet Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again and Pet Rock together. Mike presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, Mike Bozich, and the game, excuse me, and the gang are live here from London. And uh, Jessica Otten has James McDonald in the back paddock. Jessica, it's all you Hey, guys, I'm here with James McDonald. Hold on just a second. All right, now I'm here with James McDonald, um, driver of uh, Dr. J Hanover. Um, he raced really well in all of his eliminations in the Levy, gets around a half mile, you draw outside, and there's lots of speed. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel better than drawing outside and there being no speed. Uh, not even really. Then you could, I don't know. I, I'm indifferent. 
So how are you hoping the race pans out for you, though? I don't know. I'm just going to see what, what's happening leaving the gate. I mean, like you said, I'm sure there's going to be a craziness when the gate opens and uh, everyone will kind of be gunning and jostling for position. Just I want to have him on his toes and then see how he feels, but likely I'll just be seeing how it plays out and looking for a trip. Um, going into big races like this, um, do you ever get nervous? No, not really. Like Maybe when I was a little younger, I, I get a grip lines a little tighter, but now once you get out on the track, like, especially when it, like if you're one to five and you know there's a lot of pressure on you to win maybe maybe a little bit but like i said once you get out on the track and relax it's just it's just another race you get down to business and go from there all right well best of luck to you thank you very much and there you have it james mcdonald driver of dr j hanover back to you mike all right we're back in uh, post time with mike and mike thanks jess Scott, and for uh Talking with James McDonald, uh, she will be in the paddock trying to get a couple of last-minute interviews. She'll also be covering the winner's circle for us. Uh, real quick before we throw it to Mike, uh, we got Greg Blanchard, uh, the raceway manager. Greg, what a fantastic night. The crowd looks fantastic. The infield crowd looks like they're having a good time. Uh, talk to us about your feelings on the night and, uh, you know, success. I, I would say so. Yeah, pretty happy overall, Mike. Uh, you know, when you when you make change, you never know what to expect, so... Uh, new race name, new date, and, uh, you know, you've got to kind of go back to the drawing board with that general awareness. So uh, very happy. I think the crowd's on par with what we've seen the last few years. Uh, great atmosphere, and we got lucky with the weather. Overall, wagering is going to be impacted, uh, no question about that. But Saturday's a busier night on the simulcast calendar, but the trade-off for us, you know, to get our big race into Australia, New Zealand, a little bit of exposure late in the card in California, so you hope down the road that's going to help. Now, obviously, handle is a was a big had to be a big thing into your mind anyway, going from Friday to Saturday, night, especially with so much traffic. I know from working at Northfield that things can get a little bit dicey, but handle numbers have looked fantastic uh, so far, especially since you guys have been into California uh, throughout the night, and it seems like the wagering public on track is uh, wagering pretty well as well. Yeah, pretty solid again. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to be down a little bit in both regards. But again, uh, you know, I, I've had to learn over the years, you, you don't measure the success of a night solely on that. And uh, again, there's a lot of change that uh, that we're going through this year. And you know, we'll, uh, we'll evaluate after the fact. But in terms of the on-track atmosphere and, and the crowd and, and whatnot, uh, quite happy, I would say. Now, Greg, uh, one final question. Obviously, the big race is coming up. Uh, we've talked the entire night about the tr- about the racetrack. You know, it was a speed, kind of a speed-favoring racetrack. Now it seems like, you know, closers are kind of, you know, kind of sneaking up into things. But, but the last race pretty much proved us wrong. H- hats off to your track crew. They've done a fantastic job, uh, you know, keeping the bias, so to speak, away. I know when it gets hot, sometimes the speed horses can kind of shake free. Uh, that has to give credit, obviously, to your track guys. But uh, what, what kind of race do you see kind of playing out here? It, it's really hard to say. You, you hit the nail on the head because we've seen a little bit of everything tonight. So uh, I really just ultimately think the best horse is going to win and, and the best trip, like uh, you would expect. Uh, uh, yeah, I think track uh, crew's done a wonderful job. Uh, they've got it. Uh, I think playing fair right now, uh, there's a real nice cushion on it. Uh, uh, you can hardly hear the horses when they're going by, so uh, that's a good thing. And uh, in terms of speed, it's fast, but it's not uh, like a paved uh, roadway fast, you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we could see anything happen in the big one. Hey, just one question for you, Greg. I think one of the big benefits to switching to today is uh, – for me, anyways, I come from Toronto, and I, I know one year it took me four years to get there, four hours, four years, four hours to get here on a Friday. I think you might be able to draw more people that way, at least. Uh, I don't know if you have any way of uh, measuring that, but uh, 
for sure it's a much easier drive than trying to get home from work and come here after work if you live you know more than an hour away anyways that's exactly it right uh you know if you race on a friday maybe you get different people that you wouldn't get on a saturday and vice versa and that that was our thinking you know saturday is middle of the weekend people can plan a little bit better to to make a night out of it and uh and so and that's what we're hoping and with our infield event very happy with that uh, a great crowd over there and you know weather was great so uh, i think a very enjoyable experience for the folks over there and uh you know there's a lot we can do here we're always trying to find new ways each year to make it a little bit more fun a little bit more entertaining um ran the races a little quicker tonight too we've got to follow tight schedules when you're trying to get races in and in other areas in particular including the big one down under they've got a very a tight window of time that you have to hit or you miss it. And we certainly didn't want to do that. So that affected the way we scheduled our post times tonight, et cetera. And it all, it all plays into the you know success of the night one way or another. And uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I certainly like what I see tonight and, and uh, you know, we'll go back and again, we'll look at uh, everything and uh, decide if we, you know, want, do we want to stick with the Saturday night next year? And uh, you know, I, I, I personally love a Saturday night at the races, and especially if you get weather like this. All right, Greg. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you guys having us back out. A fantastic job by your entire crew. I've been down near Mutual Clerks. I've had some food. I've mingled with everybody. Everybody's done a fantastic job. Uh, You know, you should be very proud, and you guys do a great job. Well, I appreciate that, and we really uh, love having you guys here as part of the night. Thanks again. Thank you. Uh, All right. Greg Blanchard, the raceway manager here at the raceway at Western Fair District. Uh, We currently have 12 minutes to post. I'm going to throw it to Mike. I know uh, he wanted to kind of talk to uh, Garnett after that last trick. Yeah, I'm kind of sweeping my handicapping uh, prowess off the floor right now. So sweeping my pride off the floor, if you you don't mind me. Garnett, great job. That was a heck of a race analyst. Race analysis, I mean, you've got a two-to-one, five-to-one on top. And you've got the closer coming for third with the six. I thought that was uh, spot on, buddy. And that's why you're one of the best in the business, man, especially when it comes up to north of the border. You're one of the best in the business, and that's why Carter gives you, you know, big bucks to come on the show. Hey, hey, uh, he's about to uh, give you about uh, what, about 1,500 reasons why he's happy right now. Go ahead, Carter. Well, I haven't cashed anything yet. But, uh, yeah, you know what? And, and that, was, uh, that was the whole key to me uh, spreading, uh, like I said, by betting a pick four ticket with 90 combinations because I figure there's going to be some value there with uh, those horses sitting at eight to one, those one and two horses in the morning line. I don't really know how that was derived, but, you know, a lot of people play low uh, horses that are low in the morning line on their tickets. And these uh, these pick fours are paying huge. I'm live for 60 cents with the four, five and eight. And uh, the worst I could do if one of them wins is like 800 and change. So I'll uh, happily take uh, whoever one of these three horses goes off his chalk because I think one of them will. But uh, if Easy Lover Hanover wants to win and uh, give, give me cash me seven hundred <laughs> on the way out of here. I'll be happy to buy a, buy a post uh, post show meal. Well, there you go. All right, race number twelve is where it's at. It's the one hundred fifty thousand dollar Camelot Classic by invitation only. Two to one currently on Rock and Ron as he's the favorite. The board shows Garnett why this race is as wide open as it is. Two to one might seem like a uh, like a pretty decent price, but guys. That's one thing that you really can't uh, can't really pay attention to. Dr. J. Hitover is the only one at double-digit figures. He's the only horse I don't really give a shot, to be honest with you. The seven horse, we, the seven post, we've seen how deadly it is here tonight for uh, in, in races where that are that are really competitive. Um, and you know, 
I could be wrong, but uh, I think there's a reason why he's a big price. But just about any of the other ones, I, I don't really like Is It Friday yet much. He's 5-1 to one from the two-hole. I know Moreau's won this race before with uh, Evening of Pleasure. Uh, this horse got really hot in the winter, but he may have reached his class level here. Uh, maybe I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good prices here. Obviously, I'm going to sit out and just hope the four, five, or eight wins, and I walk out of here with a few hundreds. Well, listen, uh, we might have to. I might have to sucker you into a high five. So uh, there's a four thousand dollar carryover. We might be able to find. Uh, you know, maybe we'll find a little bit of a uh, little bit of cash there towards the end. Yeah, I could be. I could be convinced. <laughs> Mike, uh, a wide open field as we've discussed. Look at the betting board here. I mean, you know, just an amazing coverage of ground here as far as the high, or excuse me, as far as the betting board goes. And it seems like nobody really knows who they want to play in this race. Well, here's the interesting thing. Okay, Dr. J. Hannibal from Post 7, I honestly think is the key to the race, in my opinion. Not so much from a wagering point of view. I mean, as far as if you're going to wager on him or not, but as far as what he's going to do. Here's the thing. He has no choice but the fire. No choice but the fire. Now, if he does fire, okay, and there's – obviously a very good chance that a couple of them inside are going to fire. It's almost going to assure. And usually I, like I mentioned to you guys before, I'm one of those types of guys where if you look at an overnight race on paper, a lot of times, if you see a lot of speed, a lot of times that speed doesn't develop, but here we're going for 150 grand guys. This is a stakes race. And Dr. J Hanover has no choice. He's not just going to drop out to last and sit there. He has to go, which almost assures in my opinion, a good pace. So what is that set up for? Who does that set up for the best? I think that sets up for a bit of a legend. I mean, even of pleasure, I mean, Bonjoro is going to have to work some magic. I mean, he's going to have to work out and tuck. He's going to have to try to find a home from out there from post six where a bit of a legend's already got a home from that second tier, at least to work it set up for second over. Um, who else does it set up for? Perhaps maybe a horse like killer martini. I mean, who's, you know, I mean, questionable if he can go with these, but nonetheless, it still kind of sets up for him. Once again, I'm still thinking this race really sets up well for a bit of a legend with that outside Lieber, guys. All right. They are coming onto the racetrack for the 2018 Camelot Classic. Let's meet the field. Number one is Sunfire Blue Chip. Coming off a fourth-place effort against Open Handicap Company. Made $172,000 last year. Has hit the board four of seven starts in 2018. A fantastic chance here for trainer Jim Tactor. It's a shame that Mark McDonald is not here to drive of the one Sunfire Blue Chip. As we heard uh, Sugar say, Garnett, $1.3 million. One Sunfire Blue Chip. The two is it Friday yet is a horse I rode a buzzworthy column about earlier this year because he got, was claimed, I believe, for $12,000 in the winter and just went on an absolute tear. Uh, as you can see, he's got a number of races in a row where he paced in 150. He goes for Richard Moreau with Alfie Carroll driving, and he's taking some money. Number three is the only descendant of Camelot in the field, and it's Killer Maratini. The one thing here, Garnett, check this out. Off Lasix here tonight. Off Lasix on the three killer martini. Interesting. Rock and Ron has uh, won four to nine this year, eight out of 25 last year. He goes for the Burke Stable. Louis Philip Waugh coming off an outstanding win where he cut a 55 and a 122 three quarters from the seven hole at Pocono. He's your current favorite at five to two, Rock and Ron. 
Number five is Easy Lover Hanover. This is Jessica Otten's pick in the big race. And Easy Lover Hanover is coming from Woodbine Mohawk Park. And we normally see those horses, Garnett, from Woodbine or Mohawk come to Western Fair and dominate. Tonight has been a different time of night for those kinds of horses. Easy Lover Hanover might be a play, but it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, this is a different scenario with this race. You've got horses coming from basically everywhere, right? I mean, usually the Woodbine horses, when they come here, they're taking a class edge, but that's not the case here. Sixth evening of pleasure was the winner two years ago at 35 to 1, when in the Richard Moreau barn and driven by uh, Sylvain Fillion that night. He's, uh, he's got two outstanding wins at Yonkers in a row in his last two starts from outside posts, and this is the horse I'm most worried about blowing up my live pick four, which is staying very well. Number seven is Dr. J. Hanover. And Dr. J. Hanover draws post number seven. The board is showing uh, about what we're thinking here tonight. Uh, James McDonald has the bike. Hasn't really been showing all that much. Dr. J. Hanover, $126,000 in the bank this year. Shows a mark of 46 and 4. Canada's fastest horse has post number seven. And the eight is a bit of a legend. A, a returning champion, currently a very nice 4 to 1 on the board. Uh, he hasn't missed the board this year. Comes off a number of races at Yonkers where he drew outside and closed like a machine. Uh, I've got to think Bit of a Legend is going to get a pretty good trip here. And at 4-1, to one, he's probably a good bet. All right. That is the field for tonight's 12th race. It's the Camla Classic by invitation only. Aged horses in this race, guys. Even in a pleasure has the track record of 150-3 and three set two years ago. The age geldings in this race for number two, number three, number four, number five. Number seven is 151 and one for one the West 2010. I think the uh, track record could very well be in jeopardy here tonight, G. Yeah, I think it could. Um, what, a, what a racehorse one the West was. I, I hear that horse's name and it just brings back memories of the Mohawk Gold Cup race where he bottomed out the field, opened up about 15 lengths of Mohawk. I may be exaggerating a bit, but. Uh, yeah, you know what? If they, if they go fast enough to the half, you've got to think. We've seen a 54-3 and three half cut here in a mile in the 16th race tonight by Drunk on a Plane. Um, <laughs> I don't think Drunk on a Plane would finish within half, half a lap of these horses. So I think if you get a 54 opening half, I think the track record's beat. Guys, 7-2 to two on Bit of a Legend. Talk to me a little bit, Mike Bozich. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an underlay for sure. Excuse me, a little Absolute. bit of an overlay. Yeah, absolute steal. And, and you're not going to get sub at two. You're probably going to get a more along the lines of two to one or five to two as the late money comes in. I mean, if you look at the pace of the race, this absolutely sets up for him. Rock and Ron's going. Dr. J. Hanover's going. Evening of Pleasure is leaving for a spot. Easy Lover Hanover's probably going. Sunfire Blue Chip is, and I don't like to use this saying, Sunfire Blue Chip's balls to the walls from the inside. Guys. <laughs> This race sets up for a bit of a legend. I, I, I just don't see how this race doesn't set up for him. I mean, he's going to be starting from the second tier. He's almost guaranteed fifth or sixth. He's probably going to wheel up into the flow second or third over. And if he's in that position and if they're going, you know, if, if they're going all out, I just don't see how this race don't set up for a bit of a legend. If you're playing this high five with that carry over uh, about $4,500, you put them on top, and you certainly don't put them worse than second or third. All right, guys. Well, let's take a quick look at them as they are on the racetrack right now, and um, kind of an interesting, uh, kind of an interesting setup. Obviously, it takes them a little bit longer to get everybody onto the racetrack, 
But Garnett, as we're watching horses kind of warm up, uh, for Rock and Ron just went by here. His ears were going back and forth. Definitely looked like a, uh, a sharp racehorse. Now, as they come down in front of us here, a bit of a legend uh, comes down in front of us. And Jordan Stratton, his ears are pinned back. He looked like he's fired up and ready to go. And I'll tell you what, he doesn't look washed out, not one bit. No, and the ears just came forward now. I think he's just kind of taking in the crowd, the big crowd. And uh, he looks really sharp. Even in a pleasure, just went past. He's one of the nicest-looking horses I've ever seen. I took a wind picture of him as a two-year-old at Mohawk and uh, commented on how what a beautiful horse he is, and he hasn't changed. The one Sunfire blue chip, uh, another one that has his ears pinned back here, Garnett, uh, is um, Trevor Henry. It spins him around. Let's kind of watch him as he goes by here as he's walking. From a walking presence, he just looks like a nice horse just in general, Garnett. Um, he, he, he just, he's got a nice gait to him, and you know what? It'll be interesting to see what, uh, what he looks like when he comes back around uh, after scoring down for the judges. He definitely looks ready to roll. Here goes Dr. J. He looks good, too. But, you know, I have to disagree. I, don't think, I think no matter how much James wants to leave with this horse, he's just going to get stacked up because the one's leaving, the four's leaving. Somebody else in between, seven, in between six and one is leaving. And uh, there's no way he's beating all of these horses to the front. So I think uh, I think Dr. J. Hanover is going to be seventh or eighth at the quarter. I really do. Boy, does Rock and Ron look revved up. Boy, Lou Delibois has him uh, pretty 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 geared think, up. If uh, you ask me. I think Louis might be cutting a 25 and three opening quarter here to hit the front. Listen, look at him go around that turn, man. I, 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 he, it looks like he's wow. go, it looks like he's going to training mile almost. I don't I mean, think I could catch him in my car right now. I mean, he literally he had the whip a couple of times there. I mean, that's just something that uh, you kind of look at. One horse that I don't like the look of is the three-killer Martini. I'm not too impressed with him. Here comes Bit of a Legend back by us again. And Garnett, Bit of a Legend, just looks absolutely sharp. He's been around this racetrack a couple of times. Look at freaking Evening of Pleasure. Wow. Both of these horses just look sharp as could be. They and they do. don't look washed out considering nope. the temperature. Nope. Mike? You got anything for us uh, last minute? Just looking at this uh, race and this from the past performance point of view, and uh, you guys are doing a heck of a job, by the way, giving a good blow-by-blow blow of how they look out there. But Killer Martini was actually in the flow of that race last time. He was in the winning flow. He was behind Evening of Pleasure. Bit of a legend was behind him, and he the best he could do was fifth. So, I mean, you got to kind of toss him, to be quite honest. Um, I disagree with Garnett. Dr. J. Hanover is not going to go <laughs> back to last and sit. I absolutely disagree. I think Dr. J. Hanover is firing. He's Canada's fastest horse. He's, he's going, he's going gung ho. A bit of a legend for me, guys. I think the race just sets up really too good for him. Even if something happens to Dr. J. Hanover, don't leave. I think bit of a legend. This race still sets up for him. Nice. You're watching bit of a legend on the TV screen right now, Mike. And I'll tell you what, if you see what I see in this horse, he looks very, very, very sharp. Jordan Stratton looks extremely relaxed on him. Bit of a legend looks fantastically relaxed. He's now two to one, uh, which is the price I thought you would kind of get on him. Um, you know, as the horses kind of go past us here, it's just kind of interesting to, you know, be able to look at them, look at the, look at how they look on the racetrack. The four rock and run definitely looks, continues to look heat up on the racetrack. Bit of a legend uh, is on the backstretch uh, now. Um, number five, Easy Lover Hanover is right around the first turn. The TV currently on the one Sunfire Blue Chip, and he's walking along just kind of relaxed as could be. And I'll tell you what, Mike, Trevor Henry has had a big night here at uh, at London, and I think Sunfire Blue Chip has a very big chance at eight to one. He's going to stack them up. My in my opinion, I think he's going to stack them up. I mean, he has another one that has no choice. 
but to go out there and see what can happen in the early front. But you know what? Here's the thing. I mean, we like I said, we've seen this time and time before where it looks like there's so much speed on paper and nobody leaves. But this has gone for 150000 This isn't an overnight race. <laughs> right. I honestly think that we're going to see a show here. I think the track record's seriously in jeopardy. And uh, every way that you turn this race, spin this race, up or down, it just so sets up for a bit of a legend. It really, really does. I think the only way bit of a legend is not a factor. The only re- the only way that he's not first or second in here is if something happens where he gets locked in. That's the only way that he's not first or second here, in my opinion. All right, Mike, as we get ready to line up for this race, we're going postward here in just a couple of minutes. They are five and six deep along the fence here. Um, I, I wish you c- I could describe the the people here it, it is unbelievable the amount of people here uh, everybody's geared up and ready to go the infield party they're standing along the fence like these people here in london are ready to rock and roll well that's a fantastic thing we're ready to rock and roll here in the post time with mike and mike studios and uh don't forget we've got a big day of racing coming up tomorrow at harris philadelphia and as you can tell mike i think my voice is starting to come back into form not as quite as good as sugar who is already, like I told you before, Mike, I've already nominated this race for race call of the year uh, two days ago because you know with sugar in this big race, you're going to get a heck of a race call. But uh, nonetheless, the voice is feeling a lot better, so we'll uh, we'll give it a good try tomorrow. But I can't wait to hear Sugar's call this. This is one of the big attractions of this race from an announcer's point of view, to be honest, is to hear Sugar's call. All right, real quick, final thoughts here. Garnett, winner, pick your – who's winning the race? I got to go with Easy Lover Hanover because it's my biggest payoff. <laughs> I'm going with um, number six, evening a pleasure. Mike, who take it here now that you've seen everybody kind of warm up on the racetrack? Bit of a legend. Uh, Garnett, I do have to ask you, uh, who, so who are you live with in the pick four, and what are they paying? I'm live for the – I'm live to the four, five, and eight all for 60 cents. They're paying uh, – Looks like about eight forty six, seventeen hundred, and about eight ninety eight. So you're right. buying dinner for the so you're buying dinner for the group if you win, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, I'm sure Carter's rooting for you. Yeah. Oh, you know I'm rooting for him because food is my best friend. <laughs> Folks, we are thirty three seconds away. We're gonna send it upstairs to Shannon Sugar Doyle. They've got the sound effects going. It's time for the big one. The one hundred fifty thousand dollar Camelot Classic. Here's Shannon Sugar Doyle with a live call of the 12th race, the Camelot Classic. The starter is called for the horses. It's the Camelot Classic presented by Sealster Farms. Gates moving its post time. Sunfire Blue Chip, Trevor Henry, is it Friday yet? Alfie Carroll, Killer Martini, Scott Coulter, Rock and Ron, Louis Fittipois, Easy Lover, Hanover, Doug McNair, then Even It a Pleasure, Joe Bud Giorno, Dr. J, Hanover, James McDonald, Bit of a Legend, Jordan Stratton in the back tier, top of the stretch. Here's the 2018 Camlock Classic. They're off and it is on. Evening of Pleasure, Rock and Ron, Sunfire Blue Chip, 
One, two, and three into that opening turn. Rock and Ron came through along the inside for Louis Finnebois. Pocketing up in second, even a pleasure. All alone in third, Sunfire, Blue Chip. Easy Lover, Hanover found pylons early in fourth. Bit of a legend is fifth. Struggling in the early going six. Is it Friday yet? Killer Martini, seven. Trent in the field, Dr. J. Hanover. Opening quarter, 27 and one. Rock and Ron will dictate here as lead is two lengths. Second best evening of pleasure. Thinking about it third. Sunfire Blue Chip Easy Lover Hanover is eyeing up the outside from fourth. Bit of a legend. The champ. He is racing fifth. And he's trying to flush some cover here. Just over a lap to go in the Camluck. Rock and Ron had them by the half. 55 and 1. Even a pleasure continues to follow second. Sunfire Blue Chip stayed in third. Easy Lover Hanover put into play. He's outside in fourth. Bit of a legend following up on the McNair helmet. Saving ground, the Killer Martini. Next to last, is it Friday yet? Treading Dr. J. Hanover. Finding another gear. Rock and Ron. Rock and Ron by three and a half legs. Here's three quarters. Hit me. One. 23 and 1. Rock and Ron blowing this wide open, fighting on for second. Even a pleasure against Easy Lover Head over Sunfire Blue Chip. Continues to be four. Bit of a legend. Not tonight. An eighth of a mile left to go, and it's all Rock and Ron. Rock and Ron by five. Make it six. All alone second. Even a pleasure. Here's Rock and Ron. We're keeping an eye on the timer. Rock and Ron and Louis Philippe. One fifty and one for a track record. That just happened in the Camelot Classic. Even in a pleasure with second. That's finishing up third, the Killer Martini. They demolished the track record. One fifty one and one was the former track record for an age gelding. And tonight, Rock and Ron keyed up on the front end with Louis Philippois. If you've never seen Louis Philippois drive, welcome to Canada, ladies and gentlemen. There he is right there. LPR. The man. Louis Philibois taking it with Rock and Ron. I'll tell you what, what a fantastic race. Rock and Ron uh, put them to sleep, basically. You know, but he, but he still put in some pretty big fractions. Where the heck was a bit of a legend? I didn't even see him. I don't know if it was really any kind of a race, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was, the race was kind of over after three eighths of a mile, but it was a fantastic performance by a single horse. You know, it was just Mike, and I missed him. I have no idea where a bit of a, a bit of a legend even wound up. Mike, uh, what what the heck happened to Bit of a Legend? Nobody left. That's exactly what happened. Nobody left. Rock and Ron got an easy front, and uh, looking on paper, that's absolutely impossible to predict. But Greg Gangle, abs- you know, give give Greg credit, man. He come out there and he said exactly how it was. When you get a yep. race like this where there's a lot of speed on paper, what happens? Nobody leaves. And I fell into the trap. And, Garnett, we talked about it. You called it correctly. You said Dr. J. Hanover's not going anywhere. He's sitting eighth. I was convinced he was going to leave. And, you know, Garnett, once again, you know, you were right. Nobody left. Rock and Rock had it to his front end. And uh, the only other speed option off the gate was evening of pleasure. And he took quickly in the second. And after that, it was over. It, you know, it's it's almost impossible to leave from the seven hole at this track. It, it, and now you know it. I mean, you've seen all these races tonight. Unless the horse has a clear advantage, it's like impossible. Guys, listen to the crowd cheer for Rock and Ron. The old record, 151-1 and one by One the West. 
set back in 2010. And I'll tell you what, they demolished it here in London tonight. <laughs> Mike, you speechless over there, buddy? Absolutely. I mean, it was still a great performance by Rock and Rob. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, he still drew off like nobody's business. That was a great, great effort. And I'll tell you what, Garnett, uh, Louis Philippe Bois. I mean, Garnett, let me ask you. Now, you've been around a while. You've seen a lot of different drivers, you know, on both ends of the border here in the States, there in Canada. Where right now at his age does Louis Philippe Bois rank as far as where he's going to go in his career. He's up there, man. Like he's up there. And you know, one of the things people, I mean, people probably don't know too much about any of these guys, but one of the, some of the things I know from talking to him and interviewing him is that he's such a level headed kid. Uh, You know, I saw him in the paddock in the winter and he's going from, you know, I noticed that he's going from Woodbine to Rito Carlton uh, to drive like on Sundays and, and Tuesdays and stuff. And I don't know if you know, but that's like a five-hour drive each way, right? So I say, Louie, what are you doing driving, going to Rideau Carlton for these, these smaller purses? And he said to me, uh, my girlfriend's only here in the summer. I have nothing else to do. Now, <laughs> now you, you might – that's funny, but it's not really funny, right? Because there's other, other young guys that don't have nothing – they don't have anything else to do, could be doing something that's – destructive. Do you understand what right. I'm saying? Right, no, of course. If this kid, all he wants to do is drive races and win races. He'll drive five hours, he'll drive, make an eight, nine hour drive to drive for $4,200 purses to win races. And that, that just shows a lot about him. Like that one thing that he said to me there, it really showed a lot about his character and, and his desire and his drive. All right, guys, the pick four for a dollar comes back $1,410, a little over $282 for the 20 cent. The Super I-5 paid pretty good here, considering how it came out, $367.66. Again, a new track record. Jess Gotten is standing by down towards the winter circle. She'll have Louis Philibois and the winning connections here momentarily. Mike, let's take one very short timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up here in London. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. Second at 11 a.m. Be there. 
in London, ladies and gentlemen. We are road tripping here. Mike Carter alongside of Garnett Barnsdale, Jess Gotten, and Mike Bozich. Jess Gotten standing by in the winter circle. She'll have Louis Philibois here momentarily. Excuse me, momentarily. Garnett, you're buying dinner uh, tonight, my friend. Yeah, but I got to get to the windows and cash or I'm not buying nothing. You better go run then. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you in a few minutes. Oh, man. What a fantastic night of live racing action here in London, Mike. Uh, You know, just an amazing, amazing race. And and it lived up to the hype. I mean, Rock and Ron destroyed this field, but it definitely lived up to the hype. That's for sure. Well, it certainly did. Rock and Ron put on a complete show. Louis Philippe uh, put on a complete show. And once again, I think it's a lesson for all you handicappers out there that are trying to pace shape these races. It's very tough because you have to understand, Mike Carter, that these drivers are pace shaping these races as well. And, you know, if you if you have horses when there's an abundance of speed from the outside, post number six or seven, like we saw James McDonald do tonight. Yep, go ahead. I, I hate to jump in front of you here, but. Jessica Otten has Louis Philebois, and Jessica, listen, you got to ask him, first of all, what it feels like to win this race. What's the am I, am I on? Yes, you're on. Can you hear me? Okay. First off, what does it mean to you to win a big race like this? So every big race you're in, you want, to, you want to win them also, and especially like these kind of race where you go to it's not the same as winning a big race in, in Mohawk or Woodbine where you race every every day, every time. It's, you don't have that same feeling when you go somewhere else on smaller track and you see like tonight's big crowd like that. It's more special to win this kind of race. So it's, it's really appreciated. It makes me think of the first big race I won was the, the Gold Cup in Sussur in Charlottetown. Kind of the same like with the big crowd and special special races like that. Going into the race, what were your thoughts? Were you a little nervous because you kind of drew a little bit outside? There was a lot of speed into this race, obviously, but when you made the front, how did you feel? Yeah, first going in the race, I really liked the draw we had. Like, and sometimes from if you're too much on the inside, like the rail, it's, it can be a little bit hard to leave. So I liked the fact that uh, I had the four hole and the, in, in my mind, the fastest lever was the six, at the six hole. So I could keep him a little bit on the outside. I wasn't maybe a little bit nervous about uh, Trevor Horse from the rail, but I knew I had to, to cross over him uh, before to get in the turn because he could have kept me then uh, on the outside. But once I made the lead, uh, like I said, sometimes it's hard to say the horse can make, can make you think they are, they are so good at the half and then for no reason they quit uh, earlier than you thought. But this horse felt, felt good. They always felt Going at the half mile at the three quarter mile and even at the wire, he was as good as he was uh, at the quarter pole. Well, congratulations, and we hope to see you back. Thank you. And there you have it, Louis Philippois, the winner of Rockin' Ron. All right, Jessica, thank you very much. And uh, Mike, I tell you what, oh, we what? called it before the race. Uh, Mike, um, you know, Garnett and I saw just how keyed up he looked. He looked extremely keyed up uh, before the start, and uh, you know what? He proved to be a winning one here. That's good analysis, guys, that you were giving, and I'm going to tell you what, that means a lot. I mean, if you're live on track and you can see these horses warm up, I can't tell you how much of an advantage that that gives you. Even if you're 
on track live, I mean, if it, it's just a regular card, if it's an overnight card, I mean, you've seen it at Northfield Park. If you know when I'm announcing the races at Harris Philly or Garnett when he's over at the you know Woodbine Mohawk or you know you see these horses warm up, and I'm going to tell you right now that's a big big key. Maybe not to how they're going to perform, so to speak, but how they're going to employ their race strategies. And when you guys are talking about Rocket Ron, how he took that big trip, that big score down right before the start of the race, there was no doubt to his strategy. And he went out there and he dominated today. And, you know, we could talk about pace setup or whatever, but make no mistake about it. Rocket Ron kicks some major butt here tonight. All right, guys. Well, that wraps things up here from London. And, uh, Mike, what a fantastic card that they ran uh, here this evening. Garnett, uh, any final thoughts? No, you know what? Um, you know, we kind of saw it. We saw it that last pass that he went by us, and they said, holy moly, I see him go around the turn. I said, oh, I can't even catch him in my car if I tried right now. So you knew the horse was a big try, but, uh, you know, I think this was a little bit of a coming out party for Louie, too. He's such a great driver, and uh, when he's got the horse, man, you don't fool around. Well, Mike, it has been a fantastic night here in London. For those of you who uh, might have missed the party, Rock and Ron destroys the field in a track record 150-1. Our next live remote is from Canada. Garnett, you'll be joining us. Uh, Jessica will be joining us as we go to the Pepsi North America Cup at Mo- Woodbine Mohawk Park. and uh, That is on June the 16th. Time is still to be announced. Mike, it's been a fun night of live harness racing action here in London. And uh, unless you got anything else, I think we're ready to wrap this thing up, my friend. No, it's been a fantastic night. Congratulations to the staff at the uh, Raceway at Western Fair District. They did an outstanding job of putting together uh, quite a spectacle tonight. I mean, putting together an event, making all the fans happy. Fantastic. And uh, hats off to them. Hats off to all the horsemen. That It was a great night of racing in London. And Garnett, hot hats off to you, my friend, because <laughs> you are feeling it handicapping-wise. And uh, I'll tell you what, I tried to go head-to-head with you a couple of different times, and uh, I'm cleaning my feelings up off the floor right now. So hats off to you, buddy. Continue that hot streak, my friend. You got a chance to get even in about 12 hours because I'm doing DRF Harness Live uh, for uh, Harris Philly <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you've got a big advantage there, so maybe we'll have some fun with that. That's no uh, guarantee, Garnett, but we'll see what happens. All right, guys. Well, we've wrapped this thing up. It's been a great night of racing here at the Raceway. And Rockin' Ron takes the Camelot Classic. He swings home $75,000 out of the $150,000 event. He wins in one fifty and one for Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, Jess Gotten, Kate Wiggins, everybody who helped us out here this evening. We thank you for joining us. We'll be back here on Thursday with the first post of 10:30.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.